Well, if I look pale, if I look like I'm out of breath, if I look like I'm about to pass away, it's probably because I am. <laughs> um, Gary, you're a coach, and I know coaches have to stay even keeled. And you've told me this before that uh, you're pretty, you're pretty even keeled during games. But I mean, what? How does a, per- a person like you react to something that we just saw on, on CBS? How do you react to that? That brought me out of my seat. I'll tell you that right now. That was that was an amazing finish, <clears throat> which was uh, was so cool. That's what that's what this time of year is all about. And I, I give them credit. They just you know it wasn't one of their better games in a lot of ways, but they found a way to win. And that's what you got to do. In March, you just, you know, survive in advance, as they say, and that's exactly what they did. So they deserve a lot of credit for it. There was a lot of criticism. I was watching the, the uh, watching the game with a family member, and he looked at me and he said, I think it's time to take – this was like five minutes to go, all right? It's like, I think we need to take Jordan out and get Connor back in there. And I looked at him and I said, we're not taking Jordan out of this game right now. If there's any way <laughs> Iowa gets back in this game, it's it's through his shot making. Just talk about Jordan Bohannon. I mean, people can be critical of him. His defense, we get it. He is one of the more clutch players at this level that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It's he's been doing it for all all the years he's been there. Big big shot after big shot. He's not afraid to take them. Uh, you know that play bogged down. Indiana covered it well, and and. Uh, you know, he makes a huge, huge shot. And so it's funny, as you're saying, I, I was writing down some notes prior to coming on with about two and a half minutes ago, and I wrote down, boy, the guards haven't played well, and they've been playing so well of late. I think he was one for seven, uh, makes his last three. I thought Tony had a very average game. He makes a huge three-point play on a drive, on a set play yeah. that I always run for a long time. In fact, they ran that play twice in a row. The first time Tony took it in and got a three-point play, the second time he hit Keegan for a wide open three. And that was the six points that got him right back in the game. And, you know, the guards didn't play particularly well. And then they just stepped up when they had to. And that's a sign of a good team. I mean, that's, that was, that was a game they could have easily lost and just found a way. And that's, uh, that's pretty cool. What were you thinking when uh, Tony Perkins dribbled down the court up to and turned the ball over for (laughs) He got in a little too much traffic there. That's where you gotta, you know, you gotta be careful and you gotta, hands coming from every direction and and uh, that was a huge turnover um but they survived that one too so uh we we weren't great with the ball we usually usually Iowa's terrific with the ball we had some turnovers that were not common to what we normally play so but you're gonna have that and and that's why like we said you just got to find a way to survive and that's exactly what they did um now they got to get some rest and and uh see if they can't uh find one more 40 minutes to get a championship. I don't think Iowa fans are too used to these types of moments, Gary. So, you know, you, you, uh, you were a part of a couple final fours at Wisconsin and, and sustained success in March, but this is, uh, this, this is one of the, and this is, you're to sound like I'm just exaggerating and living in the moment. Maybe I am, but for an Iowa guy born and raised, this is one of the greatest basketball moments that I can remember. I mean, that's maybe that's sad of me to say, but I, I don't think so. Because we talked about the implications here. Not only are they going to the championship round for the first time since 2006, but it, just the fashion that they did it. And this was a true road game. I mean, that was so, – we knew it was going to be packed with Indiana fans. And you're right. Iowa did not play nearly to uh, what they've been playing. And I give Indiana a lot of credit. Chase, Trace Jackson Davis is a load. Mm-hmm. Um, I was disappointed with certain facets. I'll say this. I'm not going to rip anybody in our chat. All right, because there's a lot of cynical people. 
I think <laughs> you're being cynical. You ain't going to get no, uh, you know, cynical comments from me today, Gary. We can talk about how Iowa can improve, but I'm not going to. I thought about throwing all these comments that people started to uh, vent with prior to the end of the game. I thought about throwing these up on the screen. I promise I'm not going to do that and embarrass anybody. I understand why people were frustrated earlier in the game, but uh, I'm happy to see a a lot of Iowa fans who are in here and and enjoying this moment because, Gary, just talk about that because as Iowa fans or certainly the players and the coaches, how important is it to enjoy this? Because you play another game tomorrow. We could easily be disappointed in – you know, a little over 24 hours. How important is it to, for the players and the fans to enjoy this moment right now? Well, it's a small window. You know, you just don't have these opportunities very often. Um, and so when you do, you like to, you like to get a chance to enjoy them. And, and this team has been magical, you know, pretty much all year, all year long. Now, there were some moments where they didn't look very good, but you know, this last half of the year, they have just come on strong and just gotten better and grown together and, and if you're going to advance in the NCAA tournament, you got to win games like that where you're just not quite right and or, or you get a really great effort from somebody up from another team that Iowa got from Indiana. You know, Indiana had, 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 had a great win over Illinois, so they had some momentum. And um, that, the team's got some real good players and a good coach. And, and uh, there were times where it didn't look very good. And uh, yet they scratched and crawled and – Claude and whatever you want to call it, and just made enough shots and got enough stops to escape. And that's that's what March is all about. If you have not already done so, please help us out, help this show to grow. Share this on social media, especially with a lot of happy Hawkeye fans. Um, and, of course, no post-game show on CBS. So this is uh, – we want to bring in as many Iowa fans and, and uh, interact with as many as possible this afternoon. So please share on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you – social media – and help us to grow this show. A lot of, again, happy fans. I see a question here from Charles, and I'm not trying to pick on Charles. I don't really want to want to spend at least the outset of the show just kind of reflecting on what was an incredible finish. We can answer this question, though, Gary. Um, Charles was in the chat earlier talking about some of the issues. He says, what do you tell your team after a win like that, given the issues with how your team played? And it is a short turnaround, as we mentioned. Yeah, I think what we had just already talked about, that that's, you know, those are the kind of games you're going to have to win to advance in the NCAA tournament. You're there are going to be days when you're not playing as well as you're capable of playing or shots aren't dropping or uh, bad fouls or whatever the case may be. And you just got to find a way to, you know, a way to, to get the, get the W and that's, and that's what they did. Um, and I think the good news is they, they know they can play better, but you got to give Indiana, Indiana some credit too. I mean, they're, they're battling and uh, they've got some talent and they, they, they did some things that caused some problems. And, and so uh I, to tell you the truth, I think it's exactly what you want to go through. Obviously, you don't want to lose, but I think it's a great experience to go through and 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 struggle and find a way to survive. That that's because that's going to happen again. It, it may happen tomorrow. Uh, it, it could happen in the first round of the tournament. And so, having been through it and surviving it, um, that's a good experience to go through. And, and I do want to ask you this: you, you alluded to, and I did when I wanted to bring it up. Um, how I've always felt that as a, as a fan that I'd rather struggle and lose is sort of a wake up call for a team that maybe has gotten away with some bad habits. I still, you know, think that this team needs to get off to quicker starts. You can't fall down 15 to three. Um, and, you know, defensively, it wasn't their best game. But uh, is there a lot of truth to that just in a normal setting during the regular season throughout that 
Um, there is something to be said for winning tight games when you don't play well. Have you seen that as far as your experience that it does sort of help your team without devastating it because of a, a potential loss? Yeah, no, I don't think there's any doubt. And I think you got to give credit to the opponent. I mean, the, the opponents can cause you problems. Indiana just beat a really good Illinois team. Uh, and so they're they're playing a lot of confidence and they're playing well and and uh, that's a that's a that's a very good team that Iowa played today and and they'll cause you some problems certainly with a guy in the middle and defensively they uh, they're committed to playing defense um, and they, they they do that pretty well and um, and so to be able to grind it out so to speak and uh, stay the course when things aren't going your your way. Um, that's what good teams do, and that's what they did today. It was that's a great, great win because uh, that could have easily been a loss. Can, can I just say this? I think Indiana's playing as well as anybody in this conference, and we can look at them as not a great offensive team, um, but they're. Play, can we agree on that, uh, uh, Gary? I thought they played very, very well today, and Trace Jackson Davis has brought his game, taken his game to a completely different level this March. Yeah, yeah, and I, they're playing hard. They're playing hard. They're playing tough. Uh, you know, they're playing every possession out, uh, and that's that's where you got to start. You know, it's the teams that take possessions off that um, you know don't usually advance, and, and they battled, uh, and so did Iowa. And at times, Indiana took it to Iowa. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, and uh, but to Iowa's credit, uh, I think their experience won out a little bit, and. Um, you know, they made some big shots from their from their big players and and um, just a great, great win. Real Hayden says that's the kind of thing I was expecting to happen to us. Felt good to happen for us. And I, I'll say this. I was not expecting it to happen, Gary. It felt um, were you you've been Mr. Positive all week and saying <laughs> they're going to win everything. Can Let's 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 get a dose of uh honesty here from you gary not to say that you're you're never dishonest but let's get a dose of honesty here for a second were you how were you feeling with about three minutes to go three four minutes to go in the game well there was obviously some concern but they were still within shouting distance and um you know this team can score points in a hurry and indiana has struggled to finish games all year uh and that's part of you know, a team maturing into a real good team is being able to finish the deal. And they, they've had some problems. They've had some teams on the ropes and haven't been able to finish games. And uh, so I think between that and Iowa's ability to score, um, there were enough possessions left that if they made some plays, they could they could make it interesting. And, and uh, that's exactly what they did. Okay, I want to say this to our, our first caller here, and I did open the call lines. I want to keep our calls somewhat short because there are a lot of people on, and I'm sure a lot of people want to uh, be able to talk and, and express their jubilation. So let's just keep our, short, our uh, calls as uh, concise as possible. Let's take our first one here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hello, Corey. It's the real MVP. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Do you even have to ask that question? <laughs> no, I feel it's almost a formality at this point, Gary. Hey, listen, I'm just making sure the people who bet on me to be first get their money, get the air even money payout, okay? How did you hey, – I know you were watching. How did you feel with about three, four minutes to go in the game? Never in doubt. Never in doubt. <laughs> right, Coach Close, never in doubt. You got that right. Listen, Iowa – can make three. They're a hot team. The only thing I'm worried about is their interior defense. 
Well, that's a concern. Yeah. They're going to be tested again if they get Purdue tomorrow (laughs) with the interior defense. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. I thought their their interior defense was more exposed from the, from dribble penetration from the outside. They, I agree wholeheartedly. And a lot of times it happened when they doubled the post and now they're scrambling and they're flying out at shooters and they're just shot faking and driving around them. I, I, that's one of the things I don't like about doubling the post. It just, it's four on three on the backside and you're flying around and you give up all kinds of penetration and, and offensive rebounds and stuff like that. And I thought the best post defense they played was the last possession where they fronted the post and they tried to lob it and they got in and they got the charge. And that's that's the same thing as a double team. You just you're doing it before the ball gets in there. And I, I like that way. I thought that was a good a good adjustment. But um, yeah, like like Corey said, if Purdue advances, then they, they you got a load in there with with two players. Well, and the final thing I'll say is, can we give Patrick some love? I mean, he had 16 points. He did he didn't have a good first half, but I love the way he responded in the second half. Yeah, that's a good thought. He did. He mean he had some big big shots to keep him within striking distance. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Hey, come back Anything. tomorrow. We got lots of coverage tomorrow, including <laughs> post game, and then of course the, my uh, live bracket show. So uh, be here tomorrow, Drill MVP. Of course, I'll be here tomorrow. I, I can't wait to talk about Vermont and. No folk stayed and all these teams. We will do it. Appreciate the call, man. Have a great day. All right. Um, let's get down to a couple. And I did see a couple people trying to call. Give us a call back if you uh, have been trying to call and the line was busy. 515-635-1601 is our number. We've got 150 people on here. So let's continue to build the audience after what was uh, one of the Greatest finishes in Iowa basketball recent history. I don't want to say Iowa basketball history because then the uh, you old buff Gary. Not to say you're old, but I'm saying you uh, old buffs <laughs> will tell me, well, you weren't around back, you know, back during uh, your Sweet 16 run, etc." But uh, I'm living in the moment, and certainly during my lifetime, I, I don't recall uh, at, at a bigger time. We've seen Jordan Bohannon hit a lot of game winners, Gary. Regular season, unbelievable shots late. We've never seen anything in this type of a moment to win a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's exaggerating at all. Let's take our next call here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Lomansky, fellas. How are you, sir? All right. Good. I try, I try to beat the real, and I can't even do it when I make it a goal of mine. I can't oh, get any of it. Hey, hey, you listen, you were born a certain way. You just got to accept that. That's right. I play basketball that way. I was on the bench a lot. <laughs> I, uh, I, I move around to get uh, opinions outside of the hawkeye universe and seth greenberg said something really interesting on big 10 radio before the game and i really have something to confirm that his thoughts but he said uh the hawkeyes have an edge to him and he said both mccaffrey's sons and of course he said keegan and i've always liked when you have players that are coaches sons and I will tell you that I list Kenyon Murray as a coach type, especially when Coach Williams uh, on your show, Corey, called him the best fundamental pe- uh, fundamental player he ever sent to college basketball. Uh, and, Corey, i just like to feed off of something you've said about slow starts. And Keegan Murray was 5 for 7 in the first half, and the rest of the team was 7 for 21. And I've said it before on your show, you got to know who your star is. 
And I know Indiana had something to do with that, but uh, boy, when we go to Keegan Murray, you're hard to stop. And uh, I'll feed it back to you uh, uh, for comments. But again, I just, I really like Fran McCaffrey. I suffered through the Steve Olifeter and the Licklider era. I'm probably the biggest Fran McCaffrey fan that ever was out there. So if you go back to the first half, and I wrote it down, the Hawks were, were down big time. And he got Connor Caffrey in the game and called timeout. And that's, that stopped the flow of the reversal the wrong way. And I'll, uh, I'll listen until you hang up on me. Gary, your thoughts? Yeah, I think they talk about early in the first half. He put he, he took put three new guys in and and down I think fifteen to two or somewhere in that area. And those guys got the got him back in it. Um, Connor and uh, Chris and I'm trying to think and then Joe. Those three came in and and they kept Keegan and uh, on the floor and uh, and made a big run there. So uh, that's what you need from your bench um, to come in and give a charge and they did. And, and, um, we, we've been talking about all, all your on court. There's something about this team that just kind of tickles your fancy. You now they just find ways to win and they don't, they, they just keep kind of keeping even keel. I think that's the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that. They rebound well from losses and setbacks and, uh, there's a maturity to them that you, that you like. So, uh, and this is a great experience to go through for what they're going to go through next week at, much better than a blowout win, although it might be easier on the fans. This is just what they need uh, to get ready for next week. And uh, so very, very, very big step today. And this is, to me, let me just add to that, Lomansky, two things. You commented on Keegan Murray. Um, I know that we live in the moment and you're, and we shouldn't just look at the, the Big Ten tournament. I thought Keegan Murray was the Big Ten player of the year during the regular season. And he's proven in the tournament. You see Johnny Davis go, what, 3-19 the other night. And I know it's just one game, but Keegan has not let up since this tournament started. We're talking three straight days. To me, he's the best player in the Big Ten. Yes, I'm biased. I'll accept that. Um, But the other thing about this, too, Gary, I think your point is absolutely spot on. And I'll add to it by saying this team was writhing in confidence. We've talked about the confidence boost from guys like Tony Perkins, guys like Chris Murray. But now we're seeing with this win – I would expect to see, I should say, and I should expect to see an increase in confidence late in games because, Gary, everybody, we all talk about how dominant Iowa has been. And I saw a stat the other day, I had to pull it up on Twitter, but um, Iowa has not won a game by single digits since like January or maybe early February. That's that's great. That shows you're dominating, but it's a bit concerning. How do you close games? And Iowa just closed as well as you can close and just won a close game. I think you're spot on, Gary. And, and again, now they have the confidence, if it was ever lacking, to win a close one. Yep, and that's the way it's going to be next week. They're just, you know, you, you that's what you just got to expect, that it's going to be one possession at a time. And and uh, so to be able to f- find a way when it didn't look real good is is is, is terrific. It's a, it's, a big, uh, it's a big step, no doubt. Two quick things. I find it very interesting. I'm a big Connor McCaffrey fan because I couldn't shoot the ball very well. But uh, today, Connor took two shots. And if you notice the substitution pattern, especially the last towards down the stretch, Fran had his son Connor in the game to make sure that damn ball went where it's supposed to go because the damn ball didn't go where it's supposed to go in the first half. 
And I'd like you both to comment. I'll hang up after I ask the question. Uh, you know, Indiana has gone through a couple of coaches and floundering, and I've been listening to Whitson's postgame uh, rhetoric, and I think uh, Indiana's found a coach. I'd like both your opinion on Coach Whitson, too, but I'll, I'll hang up and listen to the show. Thanks for having the show Thanks, all year. Thanks, Appreciate it. Your thoughts yeah, on Coach a- Whitson, Gary? Yeah, he's done a great job. Uh, the, the team's much more competitive than they've been, um, much more committed on the defensive end. They play hard. Um, I think they reflect his personality really well. And, and um, you know, they had some they had some tough setbacks, um, and yet they've continued to get better and had a great win over Illinois. So I, I'll be curious to see how they do in the NCAA tournament. They could, they could be a tough out um, because they're playing real well right now and, and um, gaining some confidence. And, and uh, this will be a great experience for them. I think their announcer said that they have not been in the NCAA tournament since – 2016, which I find just unbelievable that an Indiana team hasn't been there in six years is just incredible. Uh, so I hopefully they get in because they deserve to. And Gary, we've talked about it. I brought it up, um, what, about a week ago. Who was it that we had on the show? It might have been J.R. Koch, but we talked about Indiana finding ways to lose games. And I compared them at the time to the Archie Miller era because they consistently found ways to lose games, especially late in the year and kind of wiltered. And it looked like this team was going to be a wilted, wilted, excuse me, I can't speak. Um, it looked like this team found a way to kind of just completely reverse the roles. They started to sort of crumble. We think about that game at Wisconsin that they blew, that they had in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at what they've done in the Big Ten tournament. I think you got to give Coach Woodson a lot of credit because he's got a lot of the guys from, you know, he's got a couple new faces in there. Xavier Johnson. Oh, yeah, Lawson. for sure. Yeah, but boy, he's he's led these guys, and the, a lot of these guys are not guys he recruited, and they're in the tournament, no question about it. If anything, yeah. the performance today I think helps them. No doubt, uh, they they very easily could have won that game and led the game for almost probably thirty eight out of the forty minutes or thirty nine out of the forty minutes. So, uh, no, they they they've come a long way, and as you develop a team, that's that's a big step is being able to finish games and and win close ones and win when you're not playing real well. And those are all things, growing pains that they're going through that they're making progress on. We do have another call here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, Corey, this is Vincent. How are you doing today? Uh, how do you think I'm doing, Vincent? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> uh, no, I, I uh, share the same sentiment. Just three quick things, and I'll hang uh, hang up. Um, I'm assuming the real MVP has a direct line or a president's line to you, or he gets in first. No, I, hey, listen, you could call. <laughs> you could call as soon as this show launched, and you would not beat him to the to the. Uh, no, I no, I'm just I'm heckling a little bit. I, I uh, kudos to uh, him. He's a, a true fan. Um, uh, listen to his content, but any, or listen to his uh, calls. So uh, kudos to him. But anyway, the three things uh, you and I debated. Uh, initially uh, kind of at the start of the season about Keegan being a, a first round pick or lottery pick. I can't be more impressed with watching him, you know, especially on the stage um, that they're on right now with the big 10 tournament play being in Indianapolis. Uh, he has certainly solidified himself as being a lottery pick. And I think he just keeps increasing his stock. I mean, cause he's just so consistent, so fluid, um, just so impressed, you know, uh, watching him, compared from the beginning of the season to what you see now. I honestly didn't think 
after Garza left that it, it, we'd probably see another type of player or caliber of player as a Garza anytime soon. But yet here we are in back-to-back seasons. You know, you're looking at a Garza. Uh, now you're looking at Keegan and just so impressed with watching um, his his progression and his development. He certainly earned everything that he's going to get. Um, secondly, and these are kind of questions for both of you guys, um, and then I'll, I'll hang up. Uh, first thing is uh, these types of games I always in, or I think are invaluable to the players because it puts you in real game scenarios that help prepare you for tournament time. Cause you're going to run into this again, as you start to make a run or you start tournament play, you're going to have games like this. So I think these games or types of games are incredibly invaluable because it gives you that experience to where you feel more comfortable in those types of game situations. So I, those are beneficial, but uh, the last thing is um, my concern is when you make these deep runs and as much as I enjoy watching the big 10 tournament, when you make these deep runs, as I, and I'm sure coach close would attest to, there's a lot of uh, fatigue, a lot of wear and tear on the players. And this is the main concern I have is I hope we haven't burnt or will burn ourselves out before NCAA tournament time comes, I hope we're going to have that same uh, type of energy, that same type of uh, fast pace, um, or just that same kind of energy. I'll just leave it with that. Um, how much of a, a true concern is that coach close going into the tournament? If you wouldn't mind elaborating on that and gentlemen, thanks for the time. Appreciate it, Vincent. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think some, some coaches use that as an excuse. Uh, usually the team, the teams that make it to Sunday, they, they, they don't have them play until Friday. So that's, you know, that's five days to get ready. That's playing, but even, even Thursday. Um, so I don't even think you bring it up. Hey, we, we've had shorter turnarounds. I think the fact that you're playing four games in a row, that's a little bit of a concern because it's just one after another. So, um, but hey, that's that's where we're at right now. So we just let's let's see if we can't get a championship, and then we'll have time to you know to to get get a little bit of rest. And and um, it's better than the alternative. Uh, I'd rather be playing than watching it on TV. So uh, hopefully they'll get a Friday draw if they, uh, by playing tomorrow and give them an extra day to get ready. And and uh, but definitely when you've played four games in a row, especially these last three are going to be real battles. Um, Fortunately, the first game we didn't have to expend a whole lot of energy and, and minutes played. It, it, it's definitely a concern. So hopefully, um, hopefully we can get through that. Gary, I'm not saying you're wrong, but that surprises me that you just said that usually if you play on Sunday, they'll schedule you for a Friday Sunday because that that dictates location. Then I mean, there's not correct. I mean, there's not not. Yeah, every- yep, yep, yep. That does. I think they'd like to if they could. Doesn't doesn't mean it's a guarantee, but. Um, uh, it, it could be Thursday, depending upon you know where the whole bracket works out. But I think if they had if they had their druthers, they'd like to move that team back to Friday just because of the turnaround. And I see Harpo. And can we address Harpo? He's being somewhat critical, and I understand it because people were on Patrick during the game. I saw it all over social media. He says Patrick is too slow and weak for the top of the press. He played too much in the second half, made big shots, but also gave up rebounds, turnovers, blowbys. I don't think he's feeling great, Gary. It's just something about. You know, he's dribbling into traffic, and sometimes he does it anyways, but to me, he looks a little off, and I just wonder, I hope I'm wrong, but you just wonder with his issues medically in the past, and you know he's on medication for his thyroid, I just worry. Um, I'm, I'm slow to criticize. I mean, I understand being concerned with him 
defensively at times and turning the ball over. I am concerned more from a health standpoint that uh, perhaps he's having some side effects that Fran and and uh, the team is kind of keeping under wraps. Could be, yeah, could be. Uh, he hit some big shots. Uh, I mean, he he hit some huge shots, especially in the second half. He didn't play particularly well in the first. Um, they had rebounding concerns all through their lineup at times today. I, I didn't think they cleaned the glass off a couple times, or the Indiana just kind of outworked us. Uh, but um, he had some big shots and 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 shots we needed uh, both in the first and second half. So hopefully he'll get more, feel more healthier as as the week goes on because uh, we need him. We we need him to play well. Merv says, Gary, were you relaxed? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad question. You know I was. <laughs> relax. I should have texted you as soon as he made that three and just said, relax, Gary. <laughs> I, said was in. I said that's that's down boom you knew it as soon as it left his hand as soon as it left his hand that thing's gone my question is did he call glass on that i think i think he banked it straight in i think i think that's what he was going for that and deep he, you gotta let it go did he shoot it over race thompson who did he shoot it over it wasn't race thompson i believe it I was know, somebody uh, that was right there that was not yeah. an open shot uh you can't defend that any better that's that's a crazy thing and that last, uh, what did you? I'm just. This is kind of a, a random side point that I wanted to bring up. What were your thoughts on Iowa coming out in the defensive set? So initially, Fran saw Fran deployed. I think Keegan to guard the inbounds passer, and something changed. He calls timeout, and they end up sending Keegan deep. And it was. A, it appears to have been the right call because they were able to force a short pass and a, basically a three court quarter heave. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that decision, and what would dictate a? a timeout from Fran in that situation, changing things up. Well, I think he saw the lineup and decided to make a change, and the change was taking him off the ball. I, I personally, I don't like taking a guy off the ball. I just think it's it's too easy to make a pinpoint pass, uh, which is what you got to have in that moment to even have a chance to get a shot off. So, uh, But it works. So, hey, th- that's fine. I mean, he got a look, but fortunately it wasn't a great look. But um, I've seen it countless times where he – people are not on the ball and they just throw it. And then, you know, the most famous one was the one Leitner when nobody was on him and he, the guy just throw a perfect strike right to him and he buries it. I just, I don't like it. I like, I like putting pressure on the ball. Um, Cause even in that case up three, even if they set a screen on him, he fouls them. It's, it's only two shots. So, but they got it done. So that's the most important thing. Amber has a question for you, Gary. She says, should I let my husband drive to Indianapolis to support the Hawks? Absolutely. That's a, that, that's a no brainer. That's a slam dunk, right? <laughs> what do you, th- what do you think it'll be like tomorrow? I didn't, I, I watched part of Purdue Penn state. We'll of course we'll get a look at Purdue and um, Michigan state today, but if Purdue wins and I, but for the record, can we all agree that we, Iowa fans should probably be rooting for Michigan State, I think we Iowa matches up better with MSU than Purdue. Can we agree with that, Gary? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably a good, good point. But assuming Purdue wins, what do you anticipate the crowd being? I, I was was it uh, were there a lot of Purdue fans there yesterday? There'll be a lot of Purdue fans there. If they play and if they get in the championship game, there'll be a ton of Purdue fans there. You bet. Yeah, so that that's yeah. certainly. Iowa got a, a – I don't know that they'll be I, – I give credit to those Indiana fans. And I don't know how the ticket purchasing worked. Like, are they buying a bunch of tickets as Indiana's winning these games? Because if not, man, Indiana gobbled a lot of them up early. 
Oh yeah, they, you know as the, as the as the as the teams get knocked out, they want to get rid of their tickets, and uh, and that's where they swooped in. When we played in Indianapolis uh, in 2006 in the 15th national championship game against Duke, uh, it was 75 percent, and this is in the football stadium. It was 75 percent Wisconsin fans. They they just came down from Madison, bought them all up. And, you know, it's a five hour drive. And all those, you know, all those teams that lose are getting rid of their tickets, and and so that'll be the case tomorrow. There'll be a lot of Purdue. If Purdue wins, there'll be a lot of Purdue people in there. I, I can almost guarantee it. Question here from Kelly. She says, "Is Trace Jackson Davis going pro?" My simple answer would be, I don't know why he wouldn't at this point. I don't think his stock's going to grow that much, Gary, because he does struggle to shoot the ball from outside, but he is playing as well as I think he's ever played down low. Yeah, um, that's a good question. My guess is he's going to go. Uh, although I think he needs, I think he needs another year. I think he's got to develop a perimeter game. The way this, the way the NBA game is now, um, there's athletes like that all up and down lineups. It's uh, he's he's a terrific player. He's got some talent, but I think his game, his game's got to expand to give him a better chance of of surviving. Uh, you know, it's that second contract in the NBA. It's the big one. Uh, but I would guess he'll probably go, and he'll probably be a fairly high pick because of his potential. Grant says, most amazing game I've ever seen. Now, judging from Grant's picture, he looks like a young man. <laughs> um, but I love that, Gary. I, I mean, yeah. no, I don't think that's being – I don't think that's exaggerating at all, and that's what March is all about. You said it as soon as we no <laughs> we hopped on here together. Um, this is absolutely what March is about, and we've seen it across it's, – it's just weird. What happens in March? Why does it always seem to work out this way where teams start making unbelievable shots to win games? Why March? Well, I think it's you know the one and done thing where you know if you're, you're you lose you're gone, and so it it, it makes the those kind of shots even more exciting. Um, it's it's uh, to me it's still the greatest sports event in, in you know in, 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 that you can watch. Uh, and there's some I great agree. ones that we've got that we're fortunate as a country to have. But uh, there's nothing like the NCAA tournament, even even league tournaments at the end of the year. Um, it's just a blast to watch. I really hope people, not to take us on a solemn note, but I really hope people here appreciate the tournament more than ever this year. Mark, uh, I keep calling you Mark for some reason, Gary. Um, <laughs> I really hope they appreciate it this year, Gary, because um, you know we're, we are fortunate in this part of the world to be able to enjoy basketball. And I feel for the yeah. people, you know, certainly in Europe that are suffering right now, and just across the across the globe that that aren't able to enjoy this and it keeps kind of keeps things in perspective and so a uh, great moment nothing wrong with uh, enjoying it but certainly keeping things in perspective is important i love the uh the kramer picture <laughs> this the kramer picture in jeff's um profile here i can see that's a portrait of kramer wow um, yeah so he, says, like that. he says any word on ulysses absence yesterday i i don't have anything there was you know you had mentioned gary that perhaps there was some illness um, traveling through the team at some point he did play briefly, but I don't believe he played in the second half. So I, I don't want to speculate one way or the other. I, I guess I can just say, I have not heard anything. Yeah, I, I haven't either. And it's the time of year where a light where, where you, you do have illnesses, you know, the flu or whatever can, you know, it, it can happen on college campuses and, you know, uh, Patrick was under the weather. Uh, so yeah, that that would be my guess, but um, who knows? Maybe maybe got got a little banged up in a practice or something. But 
it was good to see him get a few minutes. Uh, so it looks like he's on his way back to being able to play a little bit more. Allen says, after the drought of March wins we've had for some time now, this feels equal to the Steve Waite moment emotionally, and I was around for that. More to come. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, Alan, you are spot on. Um, our call line, I, I apologize for getting rid of our uh, little banner. I, I forget that when I don't have that banner up there, people think the call line is down. It's up. It's open right now. 515-635-1601 is the number. 515-635-1601. Um, and Vincent brings this up. He says a great lesson in experience for tournament play would rather have been put in this type of game for the experience to fall back on when March madness comes. And that's exactly what you alluded to earlier, Gary. Um, you just couldn't be happier for, for Jordan Bohannon and this team being able to escape a game like this. Vincent yeah. does say to, uh, tournament time worries me. Maybe he brought this up on his call. Um, but would you, is there any question that you'd, you prefer to win? You don't ever prefer to lose right you're not gonna oh we want an early exit so we have time to prepare for the ncaa tournament i mean that that's not a thing is it no i I don't think so i mean if it happens then hey great you know it gives us a little more time to get ready um i think i think going through this and winning it uh, or getting into the championship game is you know they're gonna remember they're gonna remember that shot they're gonna remember this whole experience and if they can find a way to win tomorrow that's championship and we talked about it to win, to win the tournament this year with as strong as this league has, has been this year and the great players that are in it will be a great accomplishment for this team. And I think it will only help us uh, in the NCAA tournament. Um, there is some concern about fatigue, but um, hopefully, um, hopefully we can get through that. Absolutely. And I, I want to bring up for a second um, the play from from uh, Connor McCaffrey because uh, you know we talked about confidence building earlier specifically with Tony Perkins and I, I brought up Chris Murray as well but you know he's I don't know what Connor went today maybe he was one of three I guess I can grab that stat uh, see Connor from three was actually he's 02 I thought he hit a three today he had a th- I know he had a big three yesterday to help mount a comeback versus uh, Rutgers but just having them him be back there and I, I would have to think that's showing up on tape for opponents and it's showing up on scouting how important is it to be able to go into tournament play? Well, we're already into tournament play, but specifically March Madness with Connor being a threat from back there. How does that change how opponents defend Iowa? Well, it's just one less guy they can help on Keegan and and the other players on the team. It spreads their defense out just a little bit more. So um, my guess is they may, you know, teams may let him make one uh, in the tournament. Just, you know, just – because of the track record, but uh, he, you know, lately he's been making a pay for it. So hopefully, um, you know, hopefully that'll be the, you know, the case again. Eric says I'd call in sometime with the long distance bill from South Dakota would be terrible. <laughs> who, who pays long distance bills anymore? Gary? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Come on, Eric. Get us, you that's, know, weak. that's weak. That's like a couple worth of a long distance call. <laughs> Isn't it worth a long distance call to be able to talk to us, Gary? Yeah, my goodness. How often do you get a chance to talk to Corey Brad? thank you very much for drawing attention to that gary um okay uh i see a lot of comments i'm trying to get caught up on uh good to see donna here good to see dennis here as well um everybody again celebrating at 250 people on right now Uh, charles has a question to comment um coach well he says that you're two people he says coach close and gary (laughs) it was said that (laughs) 
uh, has been solid, but uh, I have to say he's been solidly inconsistent. You still feel the same way in your thoughts on if we have Purdue tomorrow. He's playing out of position, Charles. Uh, that's all I'll say. He is not a five, and they're doing what they can with him. And I'm not knocking any, you know, Riley Mulvey, I think maybe he's uh, 18 years old. He should be a, a senior in high school right now. He's reclassified. You hope he develops. Gundale has struggled from a developmental standpoint. They're doing what they can with what they have. And I think Rebracha is very much underappreciated. And I still stand by that despite the day from Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. One is, you know, Davis is really good. And he's made he's made a lot of people look bad. I, it was one of Phillips' better games. Um, he, he struggled today. I don't think there's any, any doubt. I think his minutes reflected it. Um, and that's, you know, as you develop, especially big guys, big guys, just they're up and down. Um, and there's no question he's gotten better and he's given him some, he's given him some good minutes in some games. And, um, and so you got to go with him and hopefully, hopefully he'll continue to improve. Um, but that was a handful today and it'll be a handful tomorrow, but he's battled. Uh, I think he's shown some progress. Um, like you said, he's, he's, he's definitely undersized. Um, but you, you can't question his heart. Um, and so hopefully, um, you know, hopefully he can play a little bit better here coming down a stretch, but, uh, which he has up you know, today was not one of them. I didn't think he played particularly well today, but it wasn't a lack of effort. He was, he had a handful on the guy. He was guarding the kids, the kids long and he's quick. He's athletic. He gets off the floor amazingly fast. It's just a, it's a tough guard for anybody. Gary, can you uh, address real quickly, um, Specifically, as it relates to Trace Jackson Davis, and I can pull the stats up. I believe thirty-one and ten on an efficient night. I mean, he just was nearly unstoppable. In hindsight, I mean, again, you win this game, we can talk more comfortably about this. What What did you see during the game? How would you have adjusted given his big first half? Well, I think he got like we talked about earlier. I think he got too many easy baskets where he was just point blank. Um, you know, if, if he makes a tough five, six, seven footer, then hey more power to him, but he just had too many shots right around the rim. He had some second chance shots where he didn't get him checked out. And he's a handful to check out because he can really, he can really get up and he's quick. I like the way they played him at the end, trying to front him, making it harder for him to even touch the ball. And they got help from the weak side. That's where they got the charge. Um, I, I like that. Uh, the, one of the things I don't like about doubling is a lot of times in doubling, it looks like you just let the ball in the post too easy and he gets it too deep. And when he gets it in that deep, he's, He's hard to guard. So, um, fortunately, we you know we we were able to guard the rest of the guys enough that we were able to survive. Um, he was he was really good. He was really good today. Um, but he's done that to some other people too. My thinking on this, and maybe you're going to tell me I'm I know nothing because uh, I know next to nothing. I don't know nothing, but I know next to nothing. Uh, so specifically, when I'm seeing Iowa trap, the one thing I was critical of watching it. Was it seemed like if we're gonna if we're gonna try to double and then trap, um, come hard. A little, I mean, be, come aggressively at him. And because we saw he's not a great passer again, he's not Hunter Dickinson, but he made some plays when that double came because I don't think Iowa was coming hard enough. Is there substance to that? Yeah, they had a couple underneath the basket where they were late getting there that he dumped off for you know wide open layups. Um, yeah, there's two there's two rules of thought. Do you go right away or you go after he makes a dribble so that he can't, you know, then he then he's got doesn't have a way to escape, uh, you know, with a dribble. I think a couple of times there, there there were instances where it was a little hesitant as to when exactly to go. Um, it's not easy to do. I mean, it's 
it's not an easy, uh, it's, a, it's a real hard thing to, to duplicate in practice. And of course they didn't have much practice obviously with one game after the next, but um, I like the way they did it at the end where they just front them, didn't let them get it and then make them lob it over the top and get help from the, from the backside. That's where they got that charge and make them work more to get the ball and not let them get it so easily. But um, he played well. I mean, he, he uh, sometimes they, they just play better than, than you play. And he was, he was really good. What did you think about the the on-ball defense from Iowa? You talked about dribble penetration, and I remember this conversation that I had with you, and now you know, now we're kind of transitioning to the how would we clean some things up, so I don't want to sound like I'm being negative, but remember the Penn State game in State College. Um, Iowa allowed a lot of dribble penetration in that game, which didn't make a whole lot of sense because Penn State's not a, a, th- a great three-point shooting team, and I kind of felt the same way in this game. You know, I got Miller Cop, who is a three-point shooter, but other than Miller Cop. Nobody really scares me from three on this Indiana team. And I'm just confused. You know, Iowa's got some really good individual defenders. Keegan Murray, Chris Murray, Tony Perkins, Joe Toussaint primarily. Uh, and you can argue Connor McCaffrey. But I, I watch over and over again. I'm not picking on JT or Tony. But those guys seem to hug uh, ball handlers. And it results in blow buys. And Tony and uh, Joe are plenty quick to stay in front of Isaiah Johnson or, whoever, or Xavier Johnson, whoever it may be. Do you see the same thing? I felt like Iowa, those those dribble drives were a result of too much pressure on the outside, outside the arc. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it also happened a lot when they were closing out, uh, sometimes out of a double team situation, sometimes out of dribble penetration where you're helping recovering and, and uh, they just they're they're closing out out of control to where, you know, all their momentum is going at the defender and he, he just kind of goes around Um but the other thing you got to—it's hard to do. It's—it's it's the hardest thing to do defensively is to stay in front of the ball. Um, the offense has got an advantage; they know where they're going. Um, and so, what you want to do is you want to not get beat point blank, where it's just right down the lane. You want to—I guess I describe it as fanning them out towards the corners, to where they're not getting immediate penetration. One of the things we always said that if we can see your numbers. If you're guarding the ball and we can see your numbers from the sideline, you're in bad position uh, because you're completely opened up and now the lane is wide open. And so you know, maybe see one number if you got two in the back, but you, you've got to angle them, fan them, um, kind of absorb them towards the corners rather than opening completely up and then letting them just do more straight line drives rather than angle drives. And I, th- I think that's where they got hurt. There were a lot of straight line drives today that really hurt uh, not only hurt uh, Iowa in terms of giving up good shots, but then hurt their offensive re- their rebounding. Because now you got to rotate and it leaves guys open on the backside to go in and rebound. And, and uh, so uh, it's an area that they've constantly worked on this year, but all teams do. It's a hard thing to, hard thing to teach, hard thing to, to uh, grasp. Um, and, uh, but they got to get better at it because I, I think um, – that's where they got a lot of points in the paint. That as well as dumping into the post. And if you're given a lot of point blank shots around the basket, uh, your defense is going to suffer. And I texted you one word at the end of the first half, and I just said zone. And the reason I said that is because I thought Iowa got a little bit too happy with that zone because it worked yesterday. But Indiana seemed to attack the zone better. Am I right in saying that? They seem to attack and be able to kick to open shooters better. Yeah, I think generally speaking, zones uh, like yesterday it worked. I think it kind of caught them by surprise a little bit. I think the longer you play it, 
most of the time teams start to get comfortable in how to attack it. And it's, it's just, I don't know if it's a defense that you can play for long periods of time. Now Iowa plays it, you know, under their basket all the time. That's just, that's just the philosophy they have. And uh, you know, to prevent giving up easy shots on out of bounds plays. And then they, you know, then they play it through that possession. Um, I didn't think their zone was particularly good today either. Um, and um, so uh, that's going to be something to watch tomorrow because now you're playing your, you know, your fourth game. And, you know, if there's fatigue, that's where it shows up. It shows up on the defensive end where you get blown by and you're late to rotating and things like that. It's, so that's going to be something to watch is can they keep the ball out of the paint? Because if either team they play uh, is capable of hurting them in the paint, and as, as most teams are. And um, so that'll be something to watch for tomorrow. And our caller who just tried to call and then hung up, call back. I, I, I don't know what happened there, but uh, feel free to give us a call back. All Thumbs is calling you Mark as well. He says, question for Mark. Does <laughs> come back for one more year? <laughs> I don't know if the NCAA is going to allow that. <laughs> got to be a loophole, right, Gary? There's oh, got boy. to be a loophole. Uh, let's take our next call here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Oh, this is Pat from Minnesota. Hey, Pat. Hi, Pat. And I uh, just wanted to mention, I just, I'm just, I saw I missed the first part, first, part, first part of the show. I can still hardly talk after that game, but I've been on the phone with some Iowa fans. But uh, my, my point was, I thought during the game was, I thought Indiana looked so much better, the finesse they had, the way they worked it underneath. And I just was thinking, geez, we live by the sword and die by the sword with a three-point shooting. We just weren't that great the game of the game. And, and so I kept thinking maybe Sanford should be put in the game. We'll see more of him during the game. But obviously, Fran knows more about his players than I do because uh, they certainly pulled it out at the end. That's all I want, basically all I wanted to say. But be yeah. anxious to hear what everybody else knows and what uh, you guys think of the game. And I hope I missed, like I said, I apologize. I missed for the first part, first part of your show. No, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, you thought you're something, Gary? yeah no, I think so. Uh, Sanford played a little bit in the first half. And I think from a defensive standpoint and experience and a tight game, I think you just want to go with the veterans and, and, I, and I get it. Um, you know, if you had knocked down a few shots and, and got hot or something, you might've seen them a little bit more, but uh, I think you just went with the experience and the better defenders. Um, although I like the way that kid's playing. He's getting better. I think he's got a chance to be really good uh, as we've talked. He kind of reminds me, now this is before both of your times, but uh, when I was in, in college there, there was Jimmy Rogers played guard and he looks to me a lot like Jimmy Rogers, who went on in the NBA as well. But he's got that he's got a beautiful jump shot, and certainly reminds me a lot. He's, you know, I think he might be a little bit quicker. I'm sure he's probably quicker than Rogers was, but but he sure, certainly reminds me of that because I don't know. Maybe you think differently, but I think he's got a great looking jump shot. Yeah, he does. I, I would agree with that. Now, now he's got to he's got to add things to his game. I think he's got to become a better passer. Because he was a good shooter, then he's going to draw a lot of attention, and that's where you know that's what Jaybo does well. He you know he finds people when uh, you know when they're open, uh, and so he's got to add that to his game. Uh, got to become a defender. Uh, all the things young kids have got to get better at. Um, but I like his confidence. I like his um, you know his ability to not be afraid to you know to put it up, and uh, he's got good size, pretty good athlete. So I think he's got a chance. He's got a lot of rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's got a chance that a lot of, you know, how hard he works this summer and, and, you know, adding things to his game, uh, it's going to be real important. The only the big concern I have now for Iowa and the NCAA tournament is how do we stop somebody at center like that? I mean, we, 
seems to me like that's been kind of a weak spot all year, but um, just like to hear what you think about that as well. Yeah, I think that's a concern. Now, this league has got a lot of them this year, and you know, who, you know, depending on their their matchups, they may not they might not get a great center for for a few games. Um, uh, but then on the other hand, you know, Iowa's a tough team to guard. I mean, they're they they they've got some players on their side that are going to cause a lot of sleepless nights for teams that are going to play them. So um, the good news is we've had experience playing against real good centers. So it's not going to be something that we haven't seen before. Um, the centers in this league are as good as any in any league. So That's true. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. We, we've had a chance to go up against some good players. So um, we'll be ready if, if that's the case in the tournament. And what do you think about, are we going to be tired tomorrow, especially on three-point shots? I, it seems to me like that's going to affect Iowa more than a team that doesn't rely so much on the outside shooting. It could. It could. You know, you lose your legs, that could that could definitely affect your shooting. I don't think there's any doubt. It, it looks like the longer this tournament goes on, the shooting goes down. And fatigue is, fatigue is something to do with that. I don't think there's any question. So it's one of those games where you just got to find a way. And one of the points you made that I, I keep thinking about is you were right on when you said that uh, a lot of times the advantage, uh, or at least most of the time, I think you said the advantage goes with a team that plays their first game and then they play a team that's coming in the next night that's playing their first game. And that worked to uh, work very well for Indiana. So Yeah, no doubt. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it seemed uh, to work well for Iowa against Rutgers. It did not work well for Northwestern against Iowa. That's right. Exactly right. So uh, anyway, well, thanks again for the show. Appreciate Thanks, it. All good points. And um, yeah, the, the sand, I'm going to come back to the Sanford comment here in a second, but uh, Spaghetti Factory, I, I have to read this because it's a super chat. Thank you uh, for the super chat donation there. Spaghetti Factory, he says, Can we get an oink oink? <laughs> so uh, appreciate that. The rules are I have to read it if you submit it. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Am I missing something there, Gary? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I must be sitting low in my chair. That's going over my head. Okay. <laughs> uh, appreciate that, though. From Thank you, Spaghetti Factory. You um, I do want to see here. It says, Lemansky says, Gary, only uh, KG had a good first half. Patrick was 7 for 11 um, from the field. Two for two foul line. Folks, Gary, comment, please. Sick of negativism, n- negativism today. Um. I'm not exactly sure. So what he's getting at there. So I think he's I think he's implying that uh, Patrick also had a good first half. And and are we calling are we calling uh, Keegan Murray KG because oh, is that what that is? Oh, okay, I wasn't. That's what I wasn't sure about. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, you know we there we struggled. I don't think there's any doubt we struggled. And they, you know he he wasn't there was you know I was up and down the lineup. Uh, you know as I mentioned earlier, three minutes ago I was boy our guards haven't played well today. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 they, they finished the deal. So um, I think, you know, some of that might have been third game. I think some of it was Indiana. I mean, I, I thought they played really well and hard and physical and smart. And and uh, and uh, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have stretches of games where you don't look good. So you just – that's what's exciting is we had that and still found a way to win. What do you think of the officiating today, Gary? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think it was unbelievable. You know, just – there were some bad calls, but I think there were some bad calls both ways. Um, so I, I didn't think either team got a huge advantage from the officiating. I'm surprised. I didn't realize that so many fans, the Rutgers fans, were upset about the officiating yesterday. I mean, I understand there was some 
players tossed and, and coaches tossed and whatnot for both teams. But um, did you think going back to yesterday's game, did you think, I mean, I was surprised when I went to social media, how many Rutgers fans were just ticked at Bo Borowski. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, for all the fans, I, you know, you sit there on the bench and you're like, man, we are just getting screwed today. And then you go back and watch it on the tape. And I'm going to tell you 90% of the time you watch it, you go, you know what? That wasn't so bad. Uh, it, it, they got a tough job and I'm not trying to bail officials out. Fans love to get on officials and officials have bad games too. I mean, there's, there's no question. Uh, but I can tell you from experience going back and looking at a lot of tape, most of the time when I go back and look at it, the officiating is as bad as what I thought when I was watching it live. Always keeping us in, uh, always keeping us in perspective, telling us to relax, <laughs> Gary. I appreciate that. Um, Michael, this is a great question for you, Gary, being a former recruiter. He says, do games like this attract recruits? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a CBS nationally televised game. This is a big deal. Tomorrow it's going to be the only game on other than I think um, the Ivy League has got their championship and maybe one other. It's it's the college game of the day. Uh, in fact, it is the college game. You know, it's at 2.30, I think, or whatever. And, and uh, so it's the game of the day. So, um, no, I think – um, and then the way they played and the way they pulled it out, sure. It certainly doesn't hurt, and in a lot of cases it does help. People are always more generous when Iowa wins, and that's why uh, I appreciate everybody's generosity today because it's a, a double dose. So thank you, BJ, for this donation. The super sticker with uh, BJ Sour Bray. I'm probably pronouncing your last name incorrectly, sir, but thank you so much for that. Um, I did get a, a, a kick out of one of these comments here, Gary. Um let me see if I can find it. Uh, I love all the comments here, but it just becomes harder and harder for me to navigate and be able to time things correctly so that we're not taking things That's out. Why of you're making that big money. Come on, let's go. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm failing as the uh, donations come in here. Um, so Aaron does, I'll just get to this comment first. Aaron says, Iowa had to crowd the interior, make Indiana beat them from three because of how out of position Rebracha was in this game. And if you look at Indiana from three, um, do you want to guess what they shot from three? And I'll tell you, Gary. I don't think it was very good. Yeah, they shot 26% from three, five yeah. and 19. Um, there's no question. We're, we're complimentary. This is a great win. But I was got to play better um, half-court defense because – Yeah, I thought at times we were actually too extended. I, I think I think it would have been better. Uh, if you watched how uh, Michigan State played Johnny Davis – yesterday and how they crowded him and had people in the gaps. He, he had nowhere to go. And that kid has had more clean drives to the basket of anybody in the league, maybe other than Keegan. And they just, they just dared Wisconsin to shoot it from three. And they really don't have anybody other than Brad Davis that can do it consistently. And it was, it was a huge reason why he went three for 19 is the guys off the ball. Cause you're going to get beat off the dribble. I mean, it's going to happen. You, you hopefully you don't get just beat like a drum to where it's just right down the lane line, direct line to the basket. So you got to have help. And you can't have help on the same side where the guy's driving because usually coaches are going to put their best shooter there. And then if you help off of them, then the guy hits a three. So you got to get it from the backside. And, uh, and you got to, you know, you got to, you got to crowd as, as much as you can to cut those driving lanes down and, I thought a lot of case today we were scrambling and it left us vulnerable to some dribble penetration and 
if you're going to beat defenses, you got to beat it with penetration. And that either comes from the dribble or from the pass. And, and uh, we, we, we got to do a better job of that um, tomorrow as well as going into the tournament. And, and I have more confidence in Iowa being able to fix some of those issues, even though it's a quick turnaround, because they have been playing better defense. There have been games no where no they've allowed that penetration and, and they're scrambling. But this is probably the worst performance defensively that we've seen in a while from Iowa. Is that fair? At times, uh, you know, at other times it was it was decent, but I, I think for the the number of possessions at a forty minute game, um, it wasn't as good as it's been, and, and I think that's part of the reason why the game was close. But Indiana's got some quickness; um, they're they're you know they're they can cause some problems. I just thought at times we were a little too extended. I think I think we respected their threes a little bit too much, and you know it's a. You know, it's a, it's a tough call because you, you don't want to give up at wide open threes, but um, they're not a great three-point shooting team. Um, capable, but not great. Uh, but they are good at driving and posting up, and and uh, I, thought, I thought we got hurt a little bit there. Aaron says, what does it do for Iowa's seeding in the tournament if they win the tournament? I said a long time ago, um, basing this off a conversation that we had with the bracketologist Tim Kruger, I think that the ceiling is a five seed. I, I don't see Iowa getting to a four. I think pr- they probably are a five. Now that they're in the championship round, I know Mike DeCourcy of Fox uh, has Iowa as a five even before this win. Joe Lenardi had Iowa as a five. Jerry Palm finally has Iowa up to a seven. I don't know why he's so low on the Hawks. Um, I think they're probably a five, Gary, whether they win or lose tomorrow. I think they're playing with house money. I think this is there's yeah. a whole lot of pressure on this this performance tomorrow because they're just playing great ball heading into the tournament. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to call. Usually tournaments don't affect it a whole lot. Now, if they were to beat Purdue tomorrow, um, you know, then maybe, may, maybe it might, depending on what some other people, how some other people finish up. But um, I think we've talked about, it. you know, you want to get as high as you can get and then, hey, time to play. I mean, if you advance, you're going to be playing great teams anyway. So it's just a matter of time when you do it. So, um, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're playing how they want to play going into a tournament. So it's, Hopefully it'll be a fun time. And again, I promise I, I'm going to read every super chat that comes in because we do appreciate the super chats. And now that we are able to have super chats because we're over well over a thousand subscribers, we appreciate that. Nick says, can you ban Spaghetti Factory? He's a troll. <laughs> so Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> um, I apologize uh, if that's uh, offensive to you. If uh, you were trying to troll, I still appreciate the donation. Um Let's see here. Um, Lomansky says, Patrick is a matchup advantage most games. Do you agree with that, Gary? Matchup advantage in terms of his offensive skill? I would guess so. I think at times, yeah. Yeah, no, he's – he's. Um, I think at times that can be an advantage. I think it depends on who who's who he's matched up against. But, yeah, especially if he's got a smaller guy on him because, he, you know, Patrick's long and 6'9", that can, that can definitely be an advantage. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And in answer to Gary's uh, to Casey's question here, I do think you want to play Michigan State. Uh, we've mentioned that earlier. Thomas says, um, "Why do they award the Big Ten Player of the Year before the Big Ten tournament is over?" Valid question. I think it's they've always done it at the end of the year. I think partly because you know they want everything to be even. You know, some team goes on a long roll in the tournament, then they get three extra games, and and I think they like to have a you know, the announcement prior to the tournament, it's kind of a nice time to do it and reward everybody. And um, it came down to Wisconsin winning the 
winning the league. That, that's the reason why Davis got it. I, I don't think there's any question that Keegan is certainly a player of the year worthy player for sure. It's just um, Wisconsin won the league and Iowa didn't. Um, and I think that's, I think that's the, probably the deciding factor. They, they, they both had unbelievable years. Charles says, Corey, then why are you playing Rebrach at the five all season? Let a gun delay play and develop, like putting a running back at the quarterback position. Just my thoughts. <laughs> I can understand, but big men, no. I, I couldn't disagree more, Gary, or uh, Charles, and uh, Gary, I know you feel the same way. The, the, right now, Rebracha has been by far the best option for Iowa at the five. Yes, he's playing out of position. But if Iowa was trying to play Josh Agundelay 25 to 30 minutes a game, I, I don't think this team would be anywhere close. I think Rebracha has been a big part of their success. And again, this is why he's underappreciated in my book. He's had a lot of games where he's put up 10 and 9, and he's battling down there. Yeah. I think that's being a bit unfair to to uh, Philip Rebracha. I think it's more he's undersized at his position. Um, he's going to have to develop his game to play the four because uh, he doesn't have much much of a perimeter game. Um, and he could be more effective at the five, but um, I think the other two guys just aren't ready. I, I think that's, I think that's just, uh, I think they've gotten moments where they've had a chance and they're just not, they're just not ready to play extended minutes. And I do think Philip has improved as the years gone on. He is, um, he is an undersized five that's doing the best he can. Um, uh, it's, you know, that's, those are the cards you're dealt with. And I, I don't, the other two guys, uh, I know they 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 think highly of of um, um, the big Moldy. kid, uh, yeah, Moldy. I think they 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 think he's got a chance to be a player. He's you know he's what is he seventeen? I mean he's, he should be in high school. So it's a big jump to go from high school to college, even if you go all the way through high school. Much less take it a year before. So he's just not ready, and I think the other kid's not quite ready either. So um, it'll be going to see how they develop. But I think um, I think Philip is is hung in there uh, in a tough situation and and hasn't been a lack of effort and I think at times he has shown good progress. So um, defense is a five man is a five man game. You know he he needs help as well, um, especially against players like he was playing against today. Those are those are really good players. And an answer to I see a comment here from from Wilbur. There is no chance at a one or a two. I'm sorry to, to burst that bubble. Um, I'm not picking on you, but that's just not. There's just too much emphasis for people that think there's that much emphasis on the, the conference tournaments. Any of them, that's just wrong. Yeah. I, I, maybe they get to a four, Gary. Maybe, and I, I still don't. I still wonder. Now, Joe Lenardi, I saw had Iowa. I think three spots out of the fourth, the, the final four seed, which is very intriguing because Joe Lenardi has certainly been doing it a long time. Um, but he and Tim obviously disagree um, to some point. So um, I don't, you know, it's not like the women's where, where you're going to, you know, automatically be at home for right. top four seed. And certainly uh, Iowa, my guess is they're not going to be anywhere around here. My guess is Milwaukee is not off the table, but it's it's unlikely from what I understand. Wisconsin will likely be um, higher. Wisconsin will be in Milwaukee. They'll get Milwaukee and and maybe Iowa can get Indianapolis. I think they're proving that they know how to play in the in Gamebridge Field. Yeah, I think Purdue's going to get Indianapolis. I think that's where they're going to be. Yeah, so, so I guess Iowa, Iowa's going to be somewhere else other than those two spots. Yeah, Buffalo or San Diego, maybe Portland. Um, you but like to go to San Diego, wouldn't you? What's that? Are you going to go out to San Diego? 
I do have some family out in San Diego. I got there family go. in, uh, in uh, Oceanside, which is not far. So it's a good question. We've had those discussions. Hey, um, you only live once. Come on. I know. I know. Um, I don't know that that would be Take a, some of that big money you're making and put it into a plane ticket and out to San Diego. You can have a little beach time and basketball, beach and basketball. Can you be? <laughs> no, you're right. This time of year, Gary, um, San Diego's beautiful. San Diego's beautiful. All, every, are you going to San Diego if they, uh, if they get there? I don't know. Maybe. So what, what city have you got? Have you and your wife talked about what cities you'd be willing to travel to? Cause there's eight locations, of course. Have you talked yeah. about that yet? We've a little bit, a little bit. Yep. We'll, we'll see where they end up and what day and whether our son's going or not, that'll be a, that'll be a factor probably, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see. How does that work with the student managers? Well, they've got a bunch of them. They it's usually by seniority, so he's on he's on the low end of the totem pole. So he did get to go to the big. He is at the Big Ten tournament, uh, so that's cool. And yeah, he's having a blast, as you can imagine. And we'll see. Maybe he'll get to go. Maybe not. But uh, it's been a fun year for him. Appreciate this from BJ. The compliment and yeah, real nice. Fred says, "Do you think that Connor will come back or should come back next year?" I think yes to both. But your thoughts, Gary? I would agree with that. Um, I think they would welcome with open arms. Absolutely. And let's take our final call before I'm going to cut you loose, Gary. I'm going to, I'm going to stay on here a while longer because we got a lot of people here who want to talk Hawks. I'm going to cut you loose and let you get back to your Saturday and catch the second half of Purdue, Michigan state. Let's take our next call though. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the storm. Who's on the line. Uh, This is Ken. Hey, Ken. Ken. Hey, uh, just a couple questions or comments. I, I wanted you to comment on uh, the lack of uh, Peyton Sanford today. He seems to be like instant threes when he comes on. And then um, also, what do you think the dynamics of the team would be if uh, Joel Wieskamp had hung around one more year? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Um, I think with Peyton, we talked about a little bit um, – I think um, I think he kind of rolls the dice with him. If he sees him knock a few down, then he kind of goes him a little bit longer. I, I think um, today it was more uh, the fact that they were behind him with more experience and and especially on the defensive end. So um, he's got to stay ready because he could, he could be a he could be a, a factor in the in the tournament, especially if he were to get hot. Um, and Joe, boy, that would be another weapon. Holy cow! I mean, you can only imagine with a shooter like that uh, on the perimeter and the ability to take the ball to the hoop, that would be, that would be dangerous. I'd like to wondered all, wondered all year long if Jack Nungy had been on this team, what they would be like, because that's one area that they don't have a lot of depth and size. So, which leads to the, you know, the final comment being that what, what a year they've had with all they've lost. And, you know, they lose four starters. They lose Nungy too. Uh, you know, a couple guys are playing in the NBA and they're picked ninth, and all they're doing is playing the Big Ten championship game today. That's just a terrific season for the staff and the, and the team. It's memorable year. Anything else, Ken? Oh, that's it. Take care, guys. Appreciate the Thanks. call. Yeah, great question. And may I just finish with this before we cut you loose, Gary? You alluded to it, but let's just let's just play a hypothetical here. Garza comes back for an extra year because he could have come back technically. Wieskamp comes back. Frederick comes back and stays healthy. Nunji comes back. 
Um, I don't know. First of all, they they would not have been. I mean, from a depth perspective, that there would not have been. Somebody would have not been getting minutes. I mean, that's just you don't have enough minutes to go around. Right. But I mean, what would have been the ceiling given Keegan and Chris's development? And Tony's development. Yeah. Well, you don't know if they would have developed like they did because they wouldn't have the opportunities that they sure. had. I mean, that's sure. that's the hypothetical. Um, I'd say that for all three. Uh, now, maybe, maybe Keegan would have done it, but but uh, the other two probably, uh, who knows? Uh, just, there's just a lot of less minutes out there if all those guys are back. Um, it's kind of a kind of a neat thing to think about. I mean, but and that's how much that's how much talent they lost. Um, and to, to, to do what they've done with that much talent lost is really remarkable. I bet there's not, uh, I don't know, but maybe other than maybe Wisconsin, there's very few teams in this country that have lost what they've lost and done what they've done. Uh, Fran should be, Fran should get some votes for coach of the year. I don't know if you will, but he should. For national coach of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't that be something if Fran does not get Big Ten coach of the year Keegan does not get Big Ten Player of the Year, and yet both of them win the national awards. <laughs> that would be kind of fun, <laughs> wouldn't it? And is that yeah. awarded after March Madness? It's awarded, yeah. It's awarded. Um, okay. It's I know it's handed out at the Final Four, so it's sometime before the Final Four. I, I think that's got to be in consideration. If Iowa gets to the Sweet Sixteen, wins tomorrow, I think that he absolutely should be in consideration. Yeah, I don't know when the vote is actually taken. Uh, it may have already been taken, but I know it's not announced until the Final Four. All right, Coach, Coach, Davis, well, won it. Coach Davis won it his first year at Iowa. Uh, and that's probably the back. last time that it's happened, would be my guess. Uh, I'm guessing you're probably right on that. Wow, that's that's astounding. I'd have to look back. Maybe Alford got it one year. I, I again. Well, it's a, you know, it's, it's a tough award to get. It's one coach. I mean, it's – it's hard to. That's why if Keegan could pull us off and get Player of the Year, can you imagine getting two Players of the Year back to back? I mean, that's just unheard of. Uh, well, it may have in. never been done before. Let's uh, remember what the women have done with Megan Gustafson, Caitlin Clark, and we always forget Kathleen Doyle was the Big Ten Player of the Year in between those two yeah. ladies. This has been yeah, absolutely great winner of basketball. Yeah, there's no question. All right, Gary, we will uh, plan on. We'll see you tomorrow to plan on talk about a championship. Yep, we'll stay with you, but cut, we'll cut you loose, Gary, and we'll talk tomorrow okay. after hopefully a win and a championship. We'll celebrate a championship tomorrow. I'll look forward to it. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate the time. And um, absolutely, I'm going to hang out here as long as people are willing to talk um, because uh, this is a, certainly a, a momentous day. And, Ralph, question: uh, I'm going to answer your question here. I'd like to know how many points in the paint we had today. Here are the numbers, 50 points in the paint for the Hoosiers, 24 for the Hawks, and yet Iowa found a way. And Gary Close is absolutely correct. Iowa's got to figure out a way to better dribble penetration. I mean, the zone was not working in that first half. Iowa went more man-to-man in the second, but I still think they were a bit over-aggressive um, on ball handlers. And um, that's going to come back to bite you against the likes of Jaden Ivey um, and some of the uh, talent that uh, offensive talent that Purdue has. Let's remember Indiana, although they're playing great ball, um, does not have the athletes or the offensive talent that a team like Purdue has. Purdue, you could argue, is the best offense in the league. If it's not Iowa, it's Purdue. Now they struggle defensively, um, but that team will that team will blow by you if you're not uh, sound fundamental in your defensive stance. So yeah, that's got to get cleaned up. I do want to get down to this super chat. Let me find it. Don't want to forget it before it disappears. <laughs> okay. 
Spaghetti Factory, whether you're trolling or not, I appreciate the uh, the super chat. He says, go to the Iowa Tourney Games. Come on. He's not, I don't believe you're... I, I, listen, I might be wrong. I don't believe Spaghetti Factory is trolling at all. Maybe I am dead, dead wrong. Spaghetti Factory has been here. He's been a loyal listener on Mark Rogers' football channel. So thank you for that super chat, Spaghetti Factory, and uh, for your previous super chat. So, uh, all right, let's run through a couple of these other questions and comments. I don't want to forget anybody. Um, let's see. Uh, Tim the Tap Man, I saw his his comment about the Murray Twins and uh, going to the same high school with him. That's, that's a cool cool story and certainly both of those guys have an opportunity to be able to uh, play at the next level we're seeing that pitch Jabo for prez best player we've seen in iowa for a long time i'm assuming you're talking about keegan Jabo is no question about it the most clutch player that i've ever seen at iowa you could argue i mean i wasn't alive back in the 80s i wasn't alive prior to that certainly but i mean is there anybody who's been more clutch in their career at hitting big shots than jordan bohannon i i would love for somebody to challenge that notion i, I don't think there's any way that you could claim that um, he has been absolutely clutch. And I know he's missed some he's gotten, I remember he's gotten blocked a couple times on potential game winning or game tying shots, but ultimately he has been absolutely stellar um, with his uh, clutch performances offensively. And yeah, say what you want about his defense. He's playing hard on that end. His effort level has been tremendous. Um, and uh, boy, what a, what an awesome moment for his final, his sixth and final year. I am not going to call a technical foul in the chat, Corey uh, Lemansky. I'm Corey. You're Lemansky. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but uh, appreciate the uh, the notion, I guess. Um, apologize for not getting to this comment, Kelly. I did see the end of the Wisconsin game and uh, Davison. Now I'm wondering what exactly you're referring to here, specifically. Um, maybe I maybe there was something dirty that I that I missed but I did not see anything egregious from Brad Davison yesterday but it was I have to admit I did take some joy in watching Brad Davison sulk on the bench to finish his Big 10 career of course they'll be, they'll be firmly in the tournament likely as a 2 seed maybe a 3 losing in that first round of course having that loss to end the season uh, at Nebraska. Good, Donna, I completely agree with you, Donner. I think Nebraska, uh, Rebracha works hard. It must be hard to play against Giants. He's six foot eight. And yes, I know you, know, you should be playing out of position. Well, he is the best option they have. And we got to remember, we're not there every day in practice. If Fran thought that Josh Gundale or Riley Mulvey, if either of those were, guys were ready, he would be playing them. He didn't play Josh a single minute against Illinois. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I can see the, I, I understand the argument by uh, saying that, look, he, you know, he should have at least gotten five to ten minutes in that game or even a couple minutes just to spell Chris Murray and, and everybody who was helping out on Kofi Coburn, who is a load. But the bottom line is that should give us a, a pretty strong indication that, unfortunately, Fran does not view Josh Agundale, does not see Josh Agundale as close to being able to play consistent minutes at this level. And that's that's a problem. I, ho- I hope Josh gets to that point. They need him moving forward. And I didn't want to bring this up with Gary because we can talk about this another time. But I would say this about the Hawkeyes moving forward. Um, do I think Keegan's going to stay? I don't. But let's just play Let's just play that hypothetical game for a second. Assuming Chris or Ke- Keegan somehow does come back. All right. I see Chris developing, maybe not to what Keegan is now, but I see him developing um, somewhat similar. I mean, he's got some of the same physical traits, of course, being able to have the same father who I'm sure has been a real big part of, of uh, Keegan's development that's going to help 
if you can get somehow Keegan back, Chris is back. Yes, you lose Bohannon. I think they're a three-point shooter and a big man away from being a Final Four or better team next year. Now, you may say that's a lot to to uh, assume that they're going to be able to go out and do that. And I'm not assuming that they're going to be able to you know, go out and get an elite three-point shooter. You're not going to be able to p- replace the production that Jordan Bohannon has given to Iowa and the Big Ten. But my point is, boy, you you add a big a big man in there like Jack Nudgee. It's it's unfortunate that uh, what happened with Jack and and his family, and certainly he did what was best for him, and you can't blame him for that. But boy, if you had Jack here, and even Frederick, I know people don't like Frederick because of how he left, and he's hurt now, anyways. But they are this team is talented enough. You add a couple more pieces, even though you lose Bohannon, Sanford's going to develop. I think this team can be really good. And boy, Fran deserves so much credit. We we just I think. We underappreciate players. We underappreciate Fran. I've been critical of Fran and his, unfortunately, at times, the, the lack of defense. But, boy, they've they tightened things up defensively. Today was not their best day on that end. But look at what he's done in identifying guys like Luca Garza, Chris Murray, Keegan Murray. Um, he's recruited well. He's not getting four and five-star guys, but Keegan Murray is absolutely a five-star player. He was a five-star recruit. Whether he was ranked that by rivals and 247 sports, who cares? Fran has identified these guys and developed them into superstars, and that's exactly what Keegan Murray is right now. Spaghetti Factory says, Iowa should hope for a six seed. I think you're no lower than a six seed at this point, Spaghetti Factory. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they end up being a seven. I would be very surprised by that. Um, Joe brings up that dreaded 12-5 matchup. I, I I just don't know that I'm reading too much. I know that there's a history of, of upsets with the 12-5 game, but certainly the higher the seed, the better. Um, if they get to a five seed, they have a chance of playing an automatic qualifier as opposed to an at-large team. Um, and I'm talking specifically mid-majors. You could play a, a Chattanooga or a, you know South Dakota State. I don't know if South Dakota State will be a 12, but my point is I'd rather that. Those may be danger, more dangerous teams, but if you're going to roll the dice on on – a, a, you know, competition, potential competition. I'd much rather roll your dice on a group of five, the mid-major school, than I would uh, anybody who's getting in as an at-large. That's just me personally. Um, especially some of the, you know, some of these at-large bids that are going to be had here tonight and tomorrow with some of the lesser conferences, you know, the Atlantic 10. Davidson's playing great ball right now. They'll have a chance to win the A-10 tournament prior to the Big Ten tournament tomorrow on CBS. That's a team I wouldn't want uh, to face, but for the most part, most of these automatic qualifiers, you'd much rather play them, in, at least in my opinion, than um, than an at-large bid. Jordan says, "Hopefully, we get a six, praying we don't get a five. I I don't agree with that. You have a you have a right to uh, view it that way, but um, yeah, I, I definitely don't agree with that. Uh, Skyler says that Coach Close should push me west, push me west. Um, California is dirty. So why does he need to push me West again? I, I'm not saying I wouldn't go to San Diego, um, but boy, that'd be a, be better than going to Buffalo. Can you imagine if Iowa goes to Buffalo now fans will travel no matter where it's at, but I'd much rather go to green. Is it Greenville, South Carolina? Much rather go to South Carolina. I'd rather go to San Diego. And then I'd probably go Portland and Dallas kind of in the same boat. I don't love the city of Portland, but I do have some friends out there. Um, I would much rather play in San Diego than I would in Buffalo. Um, now, as far as tickets are concerned, I'm guessing flights are probably going to be more expensive to San Diego this time of year than they are to Buffalo. 
Kale says, I think this Iowa team translates well to the NCAA tournament. We aren't big dominant like last year. I think we can play with more teams, especially like a matchup last year versus Oregon. Absolutely agree. Now, would they have beaten this? Would this year's team beat last year's Oregon team? I don't know. Uh, remember, Iowa got ran off the court in that game. But athletically, I was much better equipped to face an athletic team in the tournament. And I've been saying it. You can go back and, and listen to some of my con- content early in the season. I've been saying it for a long time that I thought this team is better equipped for tournament play. I agree with you, Kale, um, because of the fact that they can they can get down their stances and play defense, even though at times their on-ball defense isn't the best. They have problems with big men at times, but ultimately they're better defensively, and, and that's a collective thing. And uh, But it's made up of a bunch of individuals who have really taken it seriously, um, and I do believe that... Um, I do believe this team matches up better with, with the likes of an Oregon from last year. Aaron says he respectfully disagrees on Purdue getting to Indianapolis. If they lose today, if they win, they probably will get it. Iowa just needs a good draw on the NCAAs. But Aaron, Purdue is going to be the higher seed. Um, Purdue is likely not going to fall to five seed status. If Iowa beats them, I, I just I still don't think Iowa jumps them as far as a seed line is concerned. But that is a storyline. If you're rooting for an Indianapolis first and second round, you're you're hoping that Iowa can beat Purdue, or maybe Purdue loses to Michigan State today. Um, that would be huge for Iowa's chances at getting to Indy. But again, there's a lot involved with that. That's why there's bracketologists, and that's why that's their their jobs, because they uh, they understand all the criteria as far as regions and whatnot. Bud does bring up Ogundale's weight, and I didn't want to bring this up earlier. Um, I, I think he has gained weight. I could be wrong. I don't want to assume that, but I guess I'm going to. I feel like he has gained some weight, and uh, I hope that he can get that figured out. I hope it's not a health issue that is out of his control. I hope that hopefully it's just a dietary issue that can be corrected because they need him moving forward, not necessarily this year. Although it'd be great to have him if you play the likes of a Kofi Coburn somewhere in the tournament, which isn't likely. Um, but yeah, they need to figure out a way to get him developed because he's a seven footer. He's a big, big guy. Uh, I'm sure he learned a lot of uh, a lot from Luca Garza. There's no question about it. But they need him at his best, uh, especially next year, losing. Um, you're not going to be able – you're not going to lose Philip Robrach. I think he's going to probably stay. But you do lose offensive production out of uh, Jordan Bohannon, which is a threat from three. They need to be able to have a post presence, to be able to open up things from outside because I think they're going to struggle to shoot the three if they have no post presence next year and no Jordan Bohannon. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, I was somewhat wrong this year because they've shot the three ball a lot better. But, you know, today they go – 14 to 32. I mean, that's 44%. I guess it's a lot better. 40, 14 to 32, man. That That's actually a lot better than I anticipated it it, uh, it being. Um, I thought Iowa shot in the low 30s. They shot 44% from three, 83% from the free throw line. Uh, that's exactly what you need in tournament play. Jack, would you prefer a five or a six seed in the tournament? I'm preferring the highest seed possible, although matchups are important. If you were to lay out a matchup, of a four versus a five and a potential second round matchup of a five versus what would that be? A four versus a six versus a three. If I could know who the three and the four seeds are in that region, I might choose differently, but absolutely uh, not really knowing that clearly until the the bracket comes out. I'd prefer to be a, a five seed again, chance at playing a 12 seed. The one bad thing about playing a 12 seed is it could potentially be one of those two play in games with at large bids and they get a game out of their belt in Dayton that is a disadvantage, in my opinion. We've seen teams run like UCLA, a perfect example of what UCLA did. Um, Tennessee is another one that's won games playing out of the play-in game. 
Kurt says that uh, one of the three CBS announcers said that Iowa has a good chance of being a four if they win tomorrow. Lots of opinions out there. Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do. There's no way they're going to be a three. I, I just uh, I hate to dismiss that notion, but there's just no way that happens. But I'd be all for having a being a four seed. Remember, Lenardi had Iowa just recently. I haven't checked him his uh, bracket today. He had Iowa, I believe, three spots out of the final four seed spot, and that that is a big deal. Yes, Nunji has been the leading scorer on Xavier. I feel for that team. Don't think they're going to make the tournament. Feel terrible for. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they get in, but uh, don't know that they will at this point. Um, Skyler could have been Joe Keegan, Luca, Jack throwing Perkins and Chris. Boy, would have been stacked. Um, but again, maybe some of these guys don't develop. If like Gary brought, that's a great point from Gary Close. Maybe some of these guys don't develop uh, without more playing time, and that's certainly a factor. Jack says, Andy Katz has said since late February we could get to a four, but no one else is saying that. And listen, let me just say this about Andy Katz. I don't mind Andy Katz, but I I don't believe Andy Katz is a bracketologist by any means. Um, He's a great college basketball personality, but I'd much rather trust the likes of Joe Lunardi, Jerry Palm, um, Tim Kruger, uh, Shelby Mass of USA Today. Those guys do it for basically do it for a living. I know like Tim Kruger covers Creighton sports as well. But Andy Katz is more of a personality. You know, he's an analyst, but I, I, I'm i really not banking on what Andy Katz says at stay about brackets. Now, maybe they'll get there and I'll be proven wrong, but uh, we'll know in about 24 hours, folks. Doug, uh, yeah, he, he transferred. CJ uh, um, Frederick did transfer and um, got hurt. And I feel for him, even though, you know, he kind of went out in a, a way that uh, didn't rub Iowa fans or Iowa, the coaching staff and players the right way. But I feel for CJ continues to deal with Injuries. Lesko says everyone keeps saying Keegan is going top ten in the draft. Any chance he stays? There's a chance. I don't think he's staying, but you you can't just say it's it's obvious. I mean, I, I think he's probably going to stay. I heard somebody speculate last night on a, a late show that we did uh, that potentially Chris would want to leave too. Um, you know, being a potential second round pick. I have not heard much draft chatter about Chris Murray at this point. Now maybe he'll. Maybe he'll end up on some some draft boards, and if he's a high second round, maybe he feels like he should leave. You know, they are an extra year removed from high school because they reclassified initially. That's a that's a factor, but uh, I, I think there's a chance Keegan stays, but certainly wouldn't bank on it. Um, Aaron brings up team chemistry. Um, the, the chemistry on this team is absolutely uh, a huge factor. You can tell these guys love each other, and they're they're playing for each other. Kelly says that the national player of the year voting ended yesterday, but did the national coach of the year uh, voting end yesterday? That's a question I'm not sure we have the answer to. Uh, Jeff, unbelievable, but two of the five all-time best Hawkeyes have played the last two y- years. Chris, you are up next, and I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see Chris take a big, big jump next year. Doug says, did anyone else re- anyone else realize Keegan was on pace to top Garza for total points in the season? I did not until it was flashed across the screen yesterday against Rutgers. That is an absolutely incredible fact. Um, and now he's I mean, he's going to surpass him with flying colors during March Madness. Whether, even if they only play two more games, if they play tomorrow and, and lose in the first round of the tournament, Keegan right now is averaging, what, like 24 points a game in tournament play? It is incredible what he's done. And I really never thought I'd see in a more dominant or as much as dominant of a player at Iowa than I saw with with Luca Garza, and I've been proven wrong. It's unbelievable what's happened here. Uh, Drill MVP says that Purdue is up seven at the half. So thank you for the update here, and Skyler, thank you for this comment. Best show on YouTube. I appreciate that. I'm not going to claim to be the best show on YouTube, um, 
certainly Gary carries this. Uh, I give Gary a lot of credit. Again, I give Don Patterson and all our guests a lot of credit. But thank you for this compliment. And um, our call line is open. I've still got the line open, folks. Give us a call. I'm not going to set a time limit on you now because, uh, you know, we had to get to a lot in that first hour. But uh, feel free to give us a call during hour two, 515-635-1601, And I'm going to see if I can get the uh, my, my uh, screen here so I can keep up with the Purdue game as we're talking. But again, give us a call and we can talk hoops. We can talk tomorrow's finals, uh, uh, championship game, um, and certainly what Iowa needs to do to get get uh, a, a Big Ten championship. Wouldn't that be special? Um, just scrolling through the comments here. Um, BJ Armstrong was clutch, but I, I don't think of BJ. Now, granted, I was not alive when BJ played at Iowa. I, I do not think of BJ as being... I mean, BJ was a great player. He's obviously one of the best players, NBA players to ever play at Iowa. But I don't look at BJ and say, man, he just, you know, was it was that clutch guy. I guess we could ask uh, Coach Close that question. But uh, be nice if we could have the volume down. Um, yeah, but BJ would probably be in consideration just because of what he gave Iowa during a pretty, pretty special time basketball wise. Drill MVP is Iowa a lock for a five seed? I think so at this point. I had said uh, earlier in the weekend that perhaps uh, the only thing that would get them to a five would be a win tomorrow. I think they're probably in now because I, I didn't think Lunardi and those guys would be as high on them as they are. My, my guess is that uh, my guess is that they probably are a lock right now, as of today. Now that could change. Certainly, uh, you'd have to look across the conference tournament landscape to see if um, you know there's another team that could to potentially steal that or you know if other teams lose if, if teams on the five five line or teams that um right now according to the committee would be on the five line if those teams lose or if they've already lost and i'm just missing that certainly there's movement texas lost of course i believe they're you know texas is one of those teams that Iowa would be in consideration with for a five uh, let me just pull up joe lenardi because i know um he is probably one of the more respected uh, personalities out there as it relates to bracketology. And according to his last update, this was two hours ago. So prior to would have been prior to the end of the Iowa game, I'm assuming. Okay. He's got Iowa as his third team out of the final four spot. So uh, he's got Providence, Arkansas, Illinois, UCLA. So Arkansas, I believe what's the, the latest on Arkansas. Um, let me pull up the score there for the Razorbacks. And this is all something that if you're a diehard Iowa fan, these are all things to pay attention to. Because if you're hoping that Iowa can somehow get up to that four line, that's a factor. So Arkansas did lose by 18 to Texas A&M. So you could say you could argue that that helps Iowa uh, for a case at the four. I doubt it's going to move them up that much right now. Lenardi's got uh, Arkansas as his second four seed. Illinois did lose as well. They're on the four four line for Lunardi. Um, UCLA. Uh, Providence, the other fours, Houston, UConn would be in competition. I, I think Iowa should be ahead of Houston. I, I'm so sick of people who are in Houston. To me, uh, Houston does not have the resume of a four seed. That's my opinion. Um, there's a lot of hangover from last year and and their tournament run. And, and frankly, I just think that's unfair to the rest of the field because Iowa's played much better competition um, and has been much more impressive in their wins and have less have lesser bad win. So I, I'm not quite sure how Houston could possibly be ahead of Iowa as it relates to bracketology. That's my opinion. 
sure that some Cougar fans will take offense to that, but uh, that's how I see it at this point. Adam Haluska was clutch. However, the uh, Northwestern State three, boy, he'd made that. Uh, he certainly would have went down in the uh, record books. Aaron, uh, Jabo is cold-blooded. Don't make them all, but he is fearless. Kelly agrees. Keegan is the most talented ever. That's uh, certainly a comp- uh, question. I know Chris Kingsbury's name is going to get brought up. Uh, that It was just a matter of time. And certainly the Luke Wrecker shot in the tournament, uh, what was that, 2000? Was that 2000, 2002? Um, yeah, he, he's certainly got to be in the conversation uh, as well. Skyler also brings up uh, Joe Wieskamp being clutch. Remember the three against uh, Rutgers. Now, that was sort of a prayer. Um, and by the way, for anybody wondering, right now, Purdue leading Michigan State 43-34 with 14 to go in the second half. So certainly still within reaching distance for the Spartans, but right now the Boilermakers leading. Skyler also brings up Dean Oliver. Kurt, uh, Rebracci had guys over his back all day. However, he didn't strongly grab a number of rebounds rebounds that slipped out of his hands. And Chris had that as well. I think at times Iowa struggles to really um, haul in rebounds. And if, honestly, if you're going to argue for Josh Agundale to be playing more based on, I don't know what you're basing that on, just purely the fact that he's big, um, just go back and watch tape when he's been in there. He has struggled with butterfingers at times. And if we're already, so you're already struggling on the boards controlling rebounds, I don't care if he's seven foot or not. He's not proven himself to be a great rebounder yet when he has played. I know he hasn't played a lot, um, but uh, he has not proven that. And Kurt says, we will need Ogundale against Purdue's gigantic center. I don't know that we'll see him. I don't know if we'll see him. Maybe we will. But remember, he did not play at Illinois a week ago. And that is a factor. Um, no question about it. How close is J-Bo to the all-time major conference three-point record? Um I want to say he's maybe like 30 or so away. I'm not, that's not exact. Um, so he would have an opportunity to potentially pass that if they can make a deep run in the Big Ten or the NCAA tournament. My guess is he will not, but certainly uh, he's got an opportunity to uh, get very close to uh, setting the all time NCAA record for threes. Uh, Aaron uh, Swan brings up DeSante Bowen. Um, makes me wonder will Iowa have a full, will, will they retain Euless Toussaint? Next year, you do lose Bohannon, so that's a factor. But it'll be interesting to see if they can hang on to all of those guys for next season. BJ says, let's get some NIL money together here in the chat to bring Keegan back. That's going to take a, it's going to take a lot. And by the way, just got a message from Tim Kruger of Stadium. Uh, I'll go on the record. I'll put him on the record here. Um, I asked him where Iowa is as far as seating right now. Uh, he said top six seed right now, uh, top six. So he's he's not um, he's not going so far as of right now to put them as a five. So he's a bit lower on Iowa than Lunardi and uh, Mike DeCourcy. Mike DeCourcy is a Big Ten guy, so there's probably a bit of bias there. I hate to say that. Um, Iowa is a Xavier Foster away from a Final Four. I, I don't think you take on that baggage. I'm not saying you're implying that Iowa should go out and get him, but uh, there's some baggage there. Certainly, with uh, Xavier Foster being dismissed from uh, from Iowa or from Iowa State, excuse me. Um, Drill MVP has there ever been a more successful season for Hawkeye sports. Are we talking football and basketball? Because uh, I think the answer to that question is yes. 2015-16, Iowa did sort of flame out in uh, its uh, March Madness quest, but remember that was uh, preceded by the 12 and 0 football year. So you could make an argument that that was more successful. Iowa went 10 and 4 in football, won the West this year. You got to you got to acknowledge that. There's no question about it. Um, 
Just running through the chat here, making sure we don't miss any questions from anybody. Jeff says, uh, choose Big Ten tournament title and one and done next week or lost tomorrow in Final Four appearance. Lost tomorrow. That's a, there is no question about that. Now, uh, I have been on people this week for devaluing the Big Ten tournament. I, I think it's a, a shame that people continue to say, well, maybe we should lose earlier in the Big Ten tournament or, um, you know, what's the, what, what are the other uh, comments that people make? Um, you know, well, who cares if they do anything in the Big Ten tournament as long as they win in March? Like, that's not that's not my attitude at all. But if we're talking about a Final Four appearance, I'd much rather them lose tomorrow. Now, I think it's a more of a question, would you rather win tomorrow and not get to the Sweet 16 or lose tomorrow and get to the Sweet 16? That's more of a conversation we can have. I think a lot of fans would say they'd rather go to the Sweet 16. I, I think I'd rather win tomorrow. But that's about a toss-up for me. I think both of those things are huge accomplish- accomplishments. Iowa hasn't won the Big Ten since 06, haven't been in the Sweet 16, what, 98, 99? Now I'm forgetting which year, uh, which spring it was. But, yeah, it's been, what, 24 years, 23 years since they've won or gotten to the uh, Sweet 16. And Bud brings up a good point. We've 12, 11 and 2 since Fran moved J-Bo to the point and put Perkins in the starting lineup. And that's why he's the head coach. He gets paid the big bucks because people, including myself, were critical of it at the time. Um, Kurt brings up uh, Keegan Murray potentially leaving and going to a bad team. I'm not sure if he'll be a top five pick, Kurt. Um, how, how far down does the lottery go? I'd, I'd, I'd have to look. But um, yeah, and I don't know. You know, depend. here's the thing about the NBA. Um, the NBA is one of those weird things where, you know, you can be a second round pick and I'm talking now I'm kind of shifting over to Chris. You can be a second round pick and never play in the league. Look at Aaron white. Um, it's, it's just never materialized for him. Adam Haluska had problems, uh, fitting in, in the NBA and uh, it's just hard. So I, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that, um, I hope Chris comes back. I wouldn't count on Keegan coming back, but you never say never on these things. Uh, let's start a GoFundMe for, uh, yeah, NIL, sure, dude. That'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? That's actually not a bad idea. No, I don't think it's going to influence him. If he's got millions of dollars on the line, I don't think you're going to get a GoFundMe that's, that grows that much to uh, get him to come back. Uh, Bud, Corey, has uh, Fran has never won four games in the Big Ten tournament. Ditto. Uh, well done. Sam, um, why did CJ end up leaving? Uh, I can't speak for CJ, but I think it was the opportunity to play at Kentucky. You know, he grew up uh, very close to Lexington and, um, you know, it was kind of his, his dream school. I think they didn't recruit him out of, uh, out of high school. Now Brock says the reason is because he's a snake. You said it, not me. I think, uh, I think he did Iowa dirty from what I understand. I don't think, I think it, it caught Iowa off guard. I think it was, it was unfortunate. It was, um, it was it was unfair to to, to Fran and to uh, his teammates. He did what he needed to do. I'm not going to wish bad things on C.J. Frederick, but um, it has not worked out so far, mainly because of health. Up to this point, we'll see what he does next year at uh, at Kentucky. This is I, I like this question here from Mart. Have you ever considered uh, dabbling in calling live games? Um, so when I did AM F, FM radio, we uh, we actually had a play by play guy for high school sports. Um, so never got an opportunity to do it. Um, I've talked about it before that I would be open to it. I know coach Patterson and I have had conversations cause he does work, uh, the Missouri Valley conference for, uh, ESPN, uh, for their online games and, uh, for streaming. So I, w- I would consider it, you know, this is, uh, I've got, 
a lot of irons in the fire, but uh, something that has has come across my mind in the past. And just for anybody wondering, update here: Boilermakers leading now just by four with eleven minutes to go. It's forty-seven to forty-three um, from Indianapolis. So uh, let's uh, let's keep an eye on this because I would much rather Iowa play Michigan State tomorrow. That would be I think there's not even it's really not even close. Um, I think if they play Michigan State, they win. If they play Purdue, they lose. That's how that's how I see it. And um, I'll go ahead and, uh, again, kind of bragging myself for a second here. I apologize. But this was my bracket, folks. I've shown this before. Before the tournament started, and people can attest to this, if all the podcasts, you can go back and look at it. Let's get that banner off the screen. This was my tournament bracket that I filled out prior to the start of the Big Ten tournament. All right? And so right now, the only result that I've had wrong was the Indiana win over Illinois. So I think that means, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think I'm ten and one right now. I'm ten and one in the picks, so I'm happy to say that. Not that I, no, I didn't place any money on this, nor would I. But uh, I wish there was an award for this. Um, but I have Iowa losing to Purdue in the championship round. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. I, hope, I sure hope it doesn't happen. I'd love to be wrong on that result. But I, I do have Iowa losing to Purdue. If Michigan State wins, I've got Iowa winning. I, I think Iowa will win, and it'll be a tremendous, tremendous feat. There's no question about it. Doug, thank you. Please hit the like button if you have not already done so. It does help the channel, helps the video, and you are welcome. Appreciate the donations from earlier. You're always welcome to donate to the channel uh, by means of a super chat, super sticker, super... What's the other one? Super thanks. That's the third one from YouTube. Appreciate that. And of course, if you are interested, you're more than welcome to um, donate to the PayPal in the description below, below this uh, video. Uh, just click on the link and you'll see our parent company, storycounty.news, local news site here names that uh, I have been operating here for a couple of years. You're welcome to uh, donate to that channel. Again, PayPal in the description below. Uh, always happy and thankful that people are willing to be generous with their uh, with their dollars and, and help a cause you know, I'm just trying to, what I'm trying to do is I'm, first of all, I'm doing something I love and being able to, to dissect Iowa games and, uh, you know, provide content for, for a fan base that I think was, uh, you know, th this is a being able to do these shows on YouTube and then be able to have them on demand via podcast, um, is something this day and age I thought was necessary and was missing for, for the Iowa fan base. Hopefully we've been able to provide some of that this year. Nathan says, I've uh, been listening to the podcast for a while. First time catching you live. Love the post-game shows. Thank you for doing them. Thank you for that, Nathan. Appreciate hearing that. And it really does mean something. When people comment and they say that they've been enjoying the show with Coach Close or enjoying my content and my videos, that really does mean something. So I appreciate that. Um, views are one thing, but but to hear it from, from people and individuals and to see people uh, willing to donate and help the channel, that's that does mean a lot. So I appreciate that, Nathan, and to everybody else who's voiced uh, similar sentiments. Imfen um, says, I think a lot of people have lost their voice after screaming for the final few minutes. Absolutely. Doug says, Palm has Iowa as a six seed. Last I saw, it was a seven, but maybe you're right, Doug. Maybe he's got Iowa as a uh, as a six. Um, Jack says, Michigan State's not shooting well today. Don't see them winning. It's a five-point game right now, 11-21 to go. Um, so you could be right on that. Now, as far as this question from Bud, let me pull up the the net rankings because he asked the question: How many D one or how many quad one wins does Iowa have? 
And the answer to that question, I believe, is three. Am I right? Um, let's see. Iowa, uh, three, right? So today would be a quad. I think, no, let's look at this. Indiana. Yeah, Indiana is a quad one win. So three. Um, so Iowa right now in quad one uh, games is three and six, which isn't terrible given the fact that that uh, Iowa was at like, what, 0 and 5 at one point? No, 6 and 3 in quad two, 10 and 0 against quad three and quad four combined. By the way, it's a four point game now, 10 minutes to go, Purdue leading um, 49 to 45. Um, oh, absolutely. I remember Doug Thomas Harpo. Does anybody remember Doug Dunk Thomas? I mentioned him on the show yesterday. Um, one of the more athletic guys that's played here during this century. Um, from a skill position standpoint, he, he doesn't uh, maybe, I think he probably pales in comparison to an, a Keegan Murray, but athletically, he uh, he was right up there with anybody. All right. Um, why does uh, Jerry Palm not like Iowa? I have no idea. My understanding from what, what people have said is that he's really caught up in the, uh, you know, Tim Kruger talked about this, the projective, is that the right words? Uh, pro- projective analytics or the metrics, um, for instance, Ken Palm and Sagarin and those ratings. And it seems like younger bracketologists are more or more reliant on those numbers, whereas the older ones may be more reliant on RPI uh, and whatnot. So and, and the net rankings are very friendly to Iowa this year as well. So that's a factor potentially. Um, I'm just giddy here seeing Michigan State making this comeback. It's four four point game now, 10 minutes to go. And uh, they're they're riding high. Uh, Houston apparently up uh, against whoever they're playing, but they're uh, again playing a team. Where, where are the, where's the, who are they playing? Drill MVP, tell us. I, I'd like to know. Um, and feel free to, to feel free to call in. and We can debate this. Um, I hope I didn't get a bunch of people to sign now that I encourage Drill MVP to call back. <laughs> so um, always enjoy talking to Drill MVP though. Blake, let's just sum it all up with this. What's the I? What's Iowa's chance to win tomorrow? If it's Michigan State, I give them a 65% chance of winning. Maybe that's a little high. If it's Purdue, I give them like a 40% chance of winning. I think, again, matchups are huge in tournament play, and especially when you look at at how uh, Purdue is built. Now, Iowa did lose to them twice, so perhaps it's hard to beat a team three times. That is a factor. Um, But we saw the women do it, right? So they, they beat Indiana three times in one. So that you know, perhaps that's over overhyped. Rick Gustafson says, "I thought the refs let them play. But there were still a lot of over the bat calls they didn't make." Absolutely, Brock. Yes, I'd much rather play Michigan State. Rick would rather play Purdue. I'd love to know why, Rick. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'd love to know why. Um, thank you for this update, David. And now the lead is five, so it's actually a five point game now. Nine minutes to go. Michigan State ball. Skyler says, I, "I'm not the goat, Skyler, but thank you for that." Um. Also want to give a shout out to a couple of people here. Let me throw the the phone number back up here. So uh, you're welcome to call in there on the bottom line, 515-635-1601. And hopefully I'm not going to lose my, uh, I've got like five screens I'm working with here. Um, I want to say this as as it relates to the donations. I want to give a shout out to a couple of people who have been, uh, generous and of course when you you donate a super chat yes a good chunk of that goes to youtube i'm not discouraging people from donating to super chat it certainly helps and um we're very much appreciative of that but i want to uh, give a shout out to a couple of people who have made here donations through paypal here cooper thank you so much for uh, the donation cooper 
uh, donating to the, to the show. Carrie, thank you so much. Just came in here a moment ago. Thank you very much, sir, for the donation. Um, very much appreciated. Lawrence as well. That was yesterday. And Timothy, thank you. Uh, I cannot say that enough. It's uh, It has been I've enjoyed doing it, but it has been a lot of work getting this channel going over the past year and being able to finally make a little bit of money with ads, uh, pennies on the dollar, but appreciative of the, the money that has come in. And thank you for those very generous donations. Very much appreciated. Um, Grant, the lottery is up to 14. Thank you for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Keegan Murray right now is a lottery pick if he goes. Um, Nathan says, what a bracket. Thank you, sir. I'm proud of it. But my, but listen, my NCAA tournament bracket will probably be a total disaster. So, uh, uh, but thank you for that. Appreciate that. I wish it would, I wish it would generate more views. Like I hope, I wish people could like, know, Hey, this guy predicted, you know, 10 of the 11 so far. Correct. Uh, right now it's a three point game, folks. Michigan state's cut the lead down to three, make it, uh, it's three. So they'll go to the line here. Now I'm a bit behind. Maybe some of you that are watching this on cable because I am streaming, but it's a three-point game now with just under eight minutes to go. Doug says, I take our chances with either team. Rick says, these conference tournaments are such a big thing. Why does Jerry Palm move Iowa since they keep winning? Well, I think Jerry Palm, first of all, he was under-ranking Iowa, so this may just be Jerry's way of being able to kind of dig himself out of the hole. Um, I don't think, even if Jerry Palm ends up being right and they end up being a five or a six seed, I think that just means he was under-ranking Iowa prior to the tournament. Um now, according to Tim Kruger, I didn't text him back when he said that they're uh, not a five right now. Uh, he says that Texas, Houston, St. Mary's, UConn, not sure uh, Iowa would be favored over any of them. That's just Tim Kruger. Appreciate him getting back to me. He's a very, very accessible guy. So thank you, Tim. Um, and I, I think Ari Gold said go Hawks about eight times, and I'm fine with that. Um, Sleepy says, uh, IU fan here. Good game. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. That's a, a very gracious way of looking at this because it's a heartbreaking loss for IU, but I do think the Hoosiers are in comfortably. I really do. Thank you, Kelly, for being here and we will see you tomorrow. Um, appreciate that. Um, Jack says, go MSU. Agree with that as well. Um, Sleepy says you guys can beat Purdue. Uh, the problem with being, uh, problem with Purdue being there, Sleepy is first of all, I don't think Indiana fans are probably going to be there rooting for Iowa which means there's going to be a lot of Purdue fans. I hope Iowa fans can get tickets and, and be out there in droves. That would be great. Um, JB says that Iowa is a matchup nightmare for anyone. Brock says, if Purdue wins, how do you think we try and match up with them? Well, they played them twice before. I think we did see some of Gundelay in the first matchup, and I thought Gundelay actually held his own back in December against the Boilermakers, but I do anticipate that being a problem. They got Zach Eady in foul trouble in the second matchup, as I recall. Trevon, Trevon Williams is a load. I would not be shocked to see a Gundelay played a bit, but I would not be shocked to not see him played. Um, I had made the prediction before the tournament started that if Iowa played Illinois in the semifinals today, which of course they did not, but if that had happened, uh, I would have predicted that a Gundelay would have seen some minutes, even though he didn't play against Illinois. I would stand by that uh, to a degree because Iowa did struggle inside against Tra Trace Jackson Davis today. And Trevion Williams and Zach Eady are totally different players. They're bigger. I think Trace Jackson Davis is a bit better around the rim, but Trevion Williams is no slouch, and neither is Edie. They're both very skilled for their size, um, and certainly uh, uh, that's a factor, and that's why I think I'd much rather play Michigan State. Dumb Guy says, we need to hang this banner. Last year we hung uh, anything was uh, hung nothing was our best team ever. Now, what year was that that uh, we hung nothing? I, I don't uh, 
I don't know. Was that 2007? I mean, first of all, if they win tomorrow, they're going to get a banner, right? They're going to get, and, and rightfully so. Uh, I don't think they're going to hang a banner for just uh, getting to the, the the championship, but certainly, uh, certainly that's a factor. They, they should absolutely have a banner. Um, Izzo does know how to coach in March, Rick. There's, there's some substance to that. And I, I appreciate your explanation as to why you'd rather play Purdue. Um, Painter has not done terribly in March either, although he's not had the success that Izzo has had throughout his career. Purdue does not play defense very well, although they're holding Michigan State down comfortably here. 49 points with 7.51 to go. Um, it's a three-point game, Purdue at the free-throw line. Uh, first free-throw for the Boilers are is good. First free-throw for, for uh, Purdue is good, 7.51 to play. So four-point game for Purdue, and I'll just give you the second free-throw, and then we'll move on. Second free-throw is good. So it's a five-point lead for Purdue right now with under eight to play. Doug says, I think Purdue wins. We play a lot of our 6'8 guys and make uh, Purdue match up with our guys. Be just fine with that. More Let's Go Hawks from Ari Gold. Uh, thank you that for that. Teresa, We always uh, people always underestimate the Hawks. Fine with that too, right? Um, if Iowa wins, if, if, excuse me, Michigan State wins Iowa, I'm, no question about it, will be favored. I'd be very surprised if Michigan State would be favored. And by the way, Michigan State just cut the lead back to three again. So... A lot of game left here, folks. A lot of game left. Um, Doug says the Indiana fans were not rooting for Iowa today either. Very true. Um, but I'm just saying it, you're going to pack that place with Purdue fans tomorrow if they get to the championship game. Uh, but maybe maybe Indiana fans will show up, and they're not going to root for for Purdue uh, over Iowa. They're not going to root for a rival over the Hawkeyes. So uh, I think that's that could very well be a factor. Um, all right. Um, Just making sure I'm not missing anything here. Just to kind of recap things, Iowa defeating Indiana 80-77 to on a an absolute miraculous three from Jordan Bohannon. I still don't really know that it's sunk in for me that that shot actually happened and that the late comeback actually occurred. What an unbelievable play by Jordan Bohannon to advance Iowa in the tournament. Keegan Murray made a big three as well. Tony Perkins made some big plays down the stretch. Um just an unbelievable uh, series of events to uh, to get Iowa back in the game and ultimately pull it off and shock a lot of fans there today in Indianapolis. Um, Brock says, do you think Keegan got screwed over for the Big Ten Player of the Year? I don't know about screwed over. I mean, Johnny Davis is deserving. By the way, the lead is two right now. Michigan State's cut at 56-54 with six minutes to go. So stay tuned on that one. Um, I do think Keegan's the best player in the league. Yes, I'm biased. Uh, Johnny Davis went, what, 3-19 yesterday. Um, no, there's no question. Uh, I think he should have been the national player of the year. I will say this about Michigan State as I'm watching them here briefly. They're playing a lot better than they played against Iowa and Iowa City. That's going to be a totally different game. Remember Iowa dominating the Spartans in Iowa City about a month ago? That is not going to happen uh, if they play them tomorrow. Michigan State clearly is a different team, similar to how Iowa is a different team than they were in January. Um, and I, I think Iowa's uh, going to have its hands full regardless of who they play tomorrow. Let's just hope it's uh, Michigan State. At least I believe it should be Michigan State. Uh, give you an update from the SEC. You've got uh, Kentucky trailing Tennessee in the second half, 48-35. A&M leading Arkansas, actually, excuse me, defeating Arkansas, 82-64. So the Razorbacks, potential four seed, losing to A&M. And so uh, they are uh, potentially going to be moving down after losing in the semis to an unranked A&M team. Um, looking at the ACC, 
Duke and Virginia, the championship game is tonight at 7.30 on ESPN. Big 12 championship game is today as well at 5 between Texas Tech and Kansas. Both those teams, especially Kansas, looking to uh, lock in potentially a, a number one seed in the tournament. The Big East championship, Creighton and Villanova tonight at 5.30 on Fox. Should be a really good one. The Blue Jays knocking off Providence by a lot the other night. Uh, they've got an opportunity to really help their seed line. Um, Michigan State now down three with the ball with just under six minutes to play. Um, and Bucket is good. It's a one-point game, folks. Purdue leading Michigan State by one with under six to play in the game. Timeout Purdue. This is a whole new game, everybody. Um, Michigan State playing like they want this championship, similar to how Iowa's played. So um, we'll see what happens there down the stretch. Pac-12 um, championship game is also tonight. Um, UCLA and Arizona and Arizona, no doubt can lock in a number one seed with a win. They may have, they may already be a lock for a one seed. Um, so uh, that, that's certainly, uh, going to be interesting to see who, who else secures those one seeds. You got Gonzaga and, and Arizona is probably a lock right now. And then, you know, could there be some movement after those two? I think that's possible three for Purdue, by the way, now they're up by four with five minutes to go in the game. Um, and then, of course, we know the SEC. We ran through the SEC. The championship game for the SEC will be tomorrow as well, as you know. A-10 championship. That is an interesting one because could be a bid stealer there um, with Davidson. So Richmond and Dayton playing right now on CBS Sports Network. Dayton leading 57-53. The winner of that game will play Davidson tomorrow. And is Davidson in without a win tomorrow? I think that's a question. Um, Davidson 27 and five on the year in and out of the top 25 by a lot of polls. I don't think I ever had uh, Davidson in my top 25, um, but that is a, a possibility. Um, Jermaine says if, if Michigan state wins, then Iowa can get revenge for the football team. Yeah. A good point. 2015, the big 10 championship loss in football to Michigan state. Wouldn't that be great to get Michigan state back uh, in a game this year? Um, Louis says, free throws were big the last couple of games. Look what happened last Sunday. Absolutely. I pointed that out uh, after the uh, Rutgers game. You'll remember this number. I, I threw this up in the chat following the Rutgers game. 10 of 22 against Illinois for Iowa in, in the uh, game in Champaign. 25 of 27 for Iowa against Rutgers. And that's a, just a huge difference. Iowa today, let me pull up the numbers uh, for the Hawkeyes. Um, Iowa on the day, I believe, shot around 83%. Pull up the final numbers here. They shot 83%, 10 of 12 from the line. Didn't get to the free throw line nearly as much. It was a much more physical, physically called game today, um, but Iowa winning 80 to 77 behind an 83.3% free throw percentage. Indiana shot the, the free throws well as well, uh, 86% from the line, 12 of 14. But the three-point shot was a huge difference. We know it was down the stretch. Indiana shooting just five of 19 for three. Um, Iowa 14 of 32 from three. That's a huge, huge factor. Um, Rick says Iowa, I think at the very least, is a sweet 16 team, maybe an elite eight team, the way they're playing right now. That's possible. Um, but let's just remember, Rick, um, and I'm not trying to say you're wrong. I hope that happens. But anybody can lose to anybody in the tournament. That's why it's so matchup-based and... Um, you know, this team is, I, I agree with you, this is a team that could get to the Elite Eight. Absolutely. I think they could get as far as Keegan Murray leads them. Um, as far as their defense, let me let me rephrase that. The defense has to be better than it was today for them to win and get to the Elite Eight. 
Can we all agree on that? The defense has to be better than it was today. Um, Indiana's not a team you're probably going to face in the Sweet 16. Maybe they get hot and they get to the Sweet 16. But my my guess is they're going to play, you know, a Kentucky or someone um, that's going to test Iowa from an athletic standpoint. Defensively, Iowa has to just play better. There's no question about it. Um, and I did just get this in. Um, and I did not see this earlier. So thank you for this update. Um, this makes me happy. Um, Will Wade um, has been relieved of his duties at LSU. That is a big deal, and he is a cheater, from my understanding. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. He's an accused cheater. Um, and uh, he's had some NCAA violations um, against him, and I'm not surprised to see him let go, and LSU did not have a great year. So uh, he is he is gone. Doug Phelps, Phelps says that uh, Quanzo Martin's firing at Missouri was not a good look. He'll get picked up by somebody, though, Doug. There's no question about it. He'll get picked up by somebody. Of course, his run at Tennessee was impressive. Um, the one year that they came out of the the first four and uh, found a way to make a run in the tournament. But uh, yeah, there's no question about it. He'll find another job somewhere. Um, maybe it's maybe it's in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know that there's anybody going to be on the hot seat. I, I doubt there is. You now we'll see what happens at Maryland. Um, I doubt that they're going to keep things uh, standard. Uh, I don't think they're going to keep what's his face as their uh, their coach, uh, the interim right now, and I can't think of the former player. Um, but maybe you know, maybe Quanzo Martin's a job, uh, you know, a, a candidate for Maryland. You know, we've heard rumors that Rick uh, Rick Pitino would be a candidate for Maryland. We've heard the same thing for the likes of uh, uh, who's the other guy that uh, was rumored to be uh, interested in that job. There have been a couple. But, uh, yeah, Doug, Maryland absolutely um, would be a candidate in my mind. Brock says, bad thing with Iowa is we are very inconsistent. Yes and no, Brock, because let's be let's be real here. Iowa hasn't had a bad loss all season. So I think defensively they have been inconsistent at times. They've been inconsistent from three, but they really haven't laid many eggs this year. The loss at Penn State is probably the worst loss, and really that's not a bad loss. Per, you know, Penn State was beating teams. They just beat Ohio State on a neutral court the other night. Um. So, but again, anybody can beat anybody in the tournament. So uh, that's a factor. Uh, M. Finn says it's the SEC. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Sleepy Big Ten has Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, Rutgers, Wisconsin in the tournament as of today. And that's not going to move, Sleepy. I, I, I mean, Indiana's in, Rutgers is in, um, Michigan's in. I, I don't, if, if either of those teams get left out, I'll be shocked. Um, I think they're all in comfortably. Give credit to Indiana because I don't think if Indiana, I think if Indiana had lost to Michigan, um, I think they'd probably be on the outside looking in, but they didn't, and uh, they found a way to get it done. And I'm just now realizing this, folks, and I apologize because I didn't pop these stats over the uh, screen earlier in the day. Uh, this is incredible. Uh, the the stat line from Keegan Murray, and I apologize for this because we were so focused on Trace Jackson Davis and what he did. But listen to these numbers. I'm just going to fill this out here so that I'm making sure I'm, I'm grabbing everything. Um, Keegan Murray ended up with eight three-pointers. three, point, eight three pointers. Why is nobody talking about that? Or is maybe, our, maybe it's just our show that's not talking about that. We're all focused on Jordan Bohannon's shot making there at the end. Look at these numbers, guys. Keegan Murray, 32 points, 11 of 17, 8 of 10 from 3 with 9 rebounds. In 39 minutes, he played 39 minutes. That is absolutely incredible. Uh, what a day again 
for who I believe uh, is no question about it, the player of the year, the national player of the year is, is a, maybe a stretch. I think he's certainly in contention, but he is my big 10 player of the year. I don't care um, who says what uh, he's absolutely my, my big 10 player of the year. And no offense to Johnny Davis, Johnny Davis has been absolutely massive for Wisconsin and I, you know, Greg guard, I understand him getting voted coach of the year. Again, I would have given it to Fran given what they lost, but Wisconsin was projected pretty, pretty low on the totem pole heading into this year. And, um, you know, they, they found a way to, to win the conference. So you got to give him credit. Um, so an update on the Michigan state, uh, Purdue game right now, looks like Purdue's going to close this thing out folks. Unfortunately, um, they have uh, spurted, I believe they're up 10 now. Am I correct in saying that, uh, waiting for a score across, you know, it's a 10 point game. So a uh, game's likely over. So it's likely going to be an Iowa Purdue matchup tomorrow. Um, back to the stats for today for the Hawkeyes. Again, Keegan Murray, 32, 11 of 17, 8 of 10 from 3 and 9 rebounds. Patrick McCaffrey with 16 points um, on the night. And again, I didn't think he looked great at times, but he was the second leading scorer. That is incredible. I give a lot of credit to Patrick McCaffrey. If he's struggling with health, he's masking it right now on the offensive end. That's a testament to him and I'm sure his work ethic. And of course, Jordan Bohannon with 12 points, the game-winning three-point field goal made two late ones that were just massive, really three late ones that were really big, but he made the three with 1.1 seconds remaining. Um, And Iowa gets the job done in unbelievable fashion. Running through some of the numbers, uh, we ran through one of these earlier. Um, Points in the paint. Points in the paint. Uh, Indiana with 50. Indiana with 50, Iowa with 24. Uh, that's a discrepancy they managed to overcome, but it's going to be tough to overcome that again tomorrow. Um, Iowa did shoot the three ball better, 14 to 32 from three-point range, 44%. Indiana, five of 19 for 26%. Both teams shot the free throw very well, 83-plus percent for both teams. Indiana out-rebounded the Hawks, 36 to 30. Um Iowa with its largest lead beating four earlier in the in the first half and found a way to come and, and come back and win by uh, win by three. Uh, a few stats. I'm not going to throw these across the uh, the banner here, but a few stats to uh, tide you over as far as it relates to uh, Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis, 31 points, 10 rebounds, 15 to 21 from the field in 38 minutes played. Also added on three assists. Miller Cop had a couple threes, had eight points. Um, Xavier Johnson with 20 points. Nine assists, four rebounds on uh, five of 11 shooting. Parker Stewart had a rough day. Two points, 0 of 2 from the field, had four rebounds. Bates had three points. Galloway had uh, two points. Finnessy did not score. Uh, what's happened with Finnessy? I'd love for an Indiana fan to call in. What happened with Finnessy? Because he was much he was much bigger in the game plan back in December, January, whenever Iowa played them last. And uh, disappointed for him because he's, he's an experienced veteran guy. Um, the other other results for Iowa, other stats for Iowa, uh, Rebracha did not score, did have four boards, was really up against it all day against Trace Jackson Davis, so understandable there. Tony Perkins with three points, or excuse me, eight points, 0 of three from three, but boy, had five big assists, including that three uh, to Keegan, pass to Keegan and three for for Murray. Um, three rebounds also for Perkins. Um, Chris Murray had five points. Uh, with just one rebound, he, he's going to play better. That, that's an off night for for Chris. Peyton Sanford, three points, two rebounds, two assists. Joe Toussaint had four points, one assist, 
Aaron Euless played just four minutes, got a rebound. And again, not sure why his minutes have dropped off. Um, certainly Joe Toussaint has played well these last two games. That might be a factor. And as I say that, what an unbelievable play by Jaden Ivey. And uh, they're pulling away again. Up 10 now. And Jaden Ivey's actually fallen and holding his tailbone. You hope he's okay. That would be a factor moving forward. But with two minutes to go, the Boilermakers have pulled ahead by 10. Um, Connor McCaffrey had uh, 14 minutes played tonight. Two rebounds, three assists, 0 of 2 from 3. But uh, again, thought his defense was real tough. You know, they needed him late. But in the end, it came down to this guy. Um, hitting the clutch shot when it mattered. Jordan Bohannon, um, again, with the game-winning three with 1.1 seconds remaining to uh, send Iowa to the Big Ten Championship game. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, all right. Um, missing a few of the comments here. Um, Sleepy hopes we Iowa trashes, smashes Purdue. Tim. I'm way late to the party, but props to Patrick McCaffrey for weathering the ups and downs and putting up an unsung 16 points. I didn't think he had 16. When I saw that, somebody commented that in the chat. I was flabbergasted. He made some tough shots, made some free throws. Yeah, I don't think he's playing great. I don't think he's feeling great. It's just from what I see. Hopefully, everybody can be healthy by next weekend, uh, next Thursday or Friday, whenever they may play. And and we did hear Coach Close allude to the fact that perhaps the tournament committee um, will do Iowa a favor and not make them play until friday but uh who knows if that's the case we'll, we'll just have to wait and see um rick says that in the tournament iowa's averaged 92 points has given up 75.3 someone tell me uh what's it matter if you give up that many as long as you score 92 well you know the one outlier 112 points against northwestern that'll that'll do that to that average rick they got to play better defense i mean indiana let me just pull up the uh, Big Ten stat rankings stat rankings here because, um, and I wanted to pull this up actually when Coach Close was on with us, but um, as far as uh, rankings in the Big Ten, um, you know, I don't think Indiana's very high would be my guess. And I'm, I'm again, I have not seen the rankings here specifically. We're going to look at conference-only stats to kind of make sure this is a balanced uh, report. Yeah, right now, Indiana in the conference is the 11th leading scoring uh, 11th scoring team 11th highest scoring team in the big 10 conference only ahead of penn state minnesota rutgers so i was saying that all game this is not a great indiana offense and iowa you know didn't play great defense trace jackson davis is playing better than he has but um iowa's got to play better defensively and Purdue's the second highest scoring offense behind iowa iowa averaging 79.6 points per game in conference play and Purdue is next, but they're, they're averaging four points less per game. That's a really big differential. Um, but Iowa did score what 80, 80 points and Indiana's the third best defense. If you're just looking at points per game, um, let's take a look at Ken Palm. I do want to, uh, give everybody an idea where I was at in Ken Palm right now. Ken Pomeroy has Iowa as his 13th best team in the country the second best offense in the country, the 96th best defense. Um, and I'm assuming that includes today. That's, that's still, you know, I don't think today helped that. I, I don't know where they were prior to this game, but my guess is that rating went down. It is what it is. They've been one of the better defensive teams in the Big Ten over the past two months. You hope that continues. Typically, you don't see teams win in the tournament with that low of a of a rating defensively, but they look like a different team these past two, two months. I, I agree with that. 
Um, Indiana. Let me pull up Indiana here in, in Ken Palm's ratings. Um, according to Ken Pomeroy, Indiana is ranked. If I can find Indiana on this list, let's uh, see Illinois. I'm I'm trying to trying to find Indiana. All right, Indiana is 39, and they are 91st in offense in the country, 20th in defense. So, no, Iowa's, uh, Iowa's defense needs to get better. And, again, I understand that Indiana's playing better um, than uh, maybe those numbers would bear out, but uh, got to do better. By the way, it's an eight-point lead now for Purdue, a minute to go. It looks like it's over. Michigan State does have the ball. Here's a drive inside. Floater, no good. Tap in, no good. Rebound, Trevion Williams. Purdue the other way now, and uh, – I think they can start to smell a trip to uh, Sunday for the championship game. And uh, I'll say this, if there's a positive with, with Purdue winning, this is a, if Iowa beats Purdue tomorrow, it's a much better win than beating Michigan state as it relates to the resume. I do think it's going to be harder for Iowa to win. Rick says, would you rather have a team that has an average of 84 and gives up 72 or a team that averages 74 and gives up 69? I like balance, Rick. Um, I understand what you're saying, but they're not going to average. They're not averaging 84. They're averaging 84 because of a one outlying performance in 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 the Big Ten tournament. Now they, there's no question they're the highest scoring team in the Big Ten. That's going to bode well. But I'm just saying that the history says it's hard to make a Sweet 16 or especially a Final Four. It's really it's almost impossible to make a Sweet uh, Final Four if your Ken Pomeroy uh, adjusted defensive efficiency is 100. That's never happened. I can go out of limb and say that's never happened. Um, I know it. I know it hasn't happened. We talked about it last year prior to Iowa's season because everybody's talking about Iowa as a potential Final Four team, and that conversation got brought up. So that's that's hard to overcome, and that's all I'm saying, Rick. But they're not going to average 84 in the NCAA tournament because um, you're not going to have the likes of Northwestern in the NCAA tournament. If that makes sense. But I like balance. That's just my opinion. Um, but I understand what you're saying. I'd much rather, if, if we're just looking at it, if you're just asking me this question straight up, yeah, I'd rather score 84 and give up 72. Um, but uh, defensively, just got to be better once we get to March Madness. Um, G. Alistar says, Iowa inconsistent. Yes, today we played our B game for all, but the last three minutes, Hawkeyes, a game is, Hawkeyes A game is pretty special. I absolutely agree with that. Um, Craig says, last Iowa coach of the year was definitely Tom Davis. Alford never got it. Boy, that's been a long, long time. Um, Rick says that the uh, three teams Iowa beat all had better scoring uh, defense. Northwestern 72 per game. Rutgers 63 and 67. Yeah, I understand that. And I'm not saying Iowa's offense can't move. Can't. Listen, the Iowa offense is what is going to continue to carry it, Rick. But the offense was elite last year. And they matched up against a team that, was, that overmatched Iowa from a defensive standpoint. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. But... You you have to be balanced to have success in March. The the, the history shows that. Uh, so the, the, you know, again, maybe they can. I'm not saying they can't make a Sweet 16 with those numbers. I'm just saying if they play the defense they play today against Indiana, it's going to be hard to make an Elite Eight or Final Four. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, let's take our next call here. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? 
Hey, Corey. Jared Thatcher. Hey, Jared. How are you? Doing good. What a what a game. Um, I was talking to my dad. My dad's an old school Iowa guy, and we we're saying that 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 might have been one of the best, not only Hawkeye games, but tournament Big Ten tournament games in in the history of uh, the tournament. So, oh, absolutely. I, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but for me, it was just absolutely amazing. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I I I mean, I, again, I haven't really had time, Jared, to really compartmentalize what happened. I mean, I, certainly in the moment, I was ecstatic. There's no question about it. But being on this show for the past two plus hours, I really haven't had time to really process what happened. Just an unbelievable moment. And um, might be the, I mean, listen, doing it tomorrow would be even more special. We know that. But um, one of the greatest basketball moments as a Hawkeye fan that, that I've had in my lifetime. Um you know, watching them win the, the Big Ten tournament, those six was huge. You know, I haven't watched them personally go to a Sweet 16. I was alive when they did in the late 90s, but I certainly wasn't watching basketball. I was sucking on a pacifier. Uh, and uh, so it's it's a great moment, Jared. You're absolutely right. And uh, I just hope fans appreciate it, regardless of what happens tomorrow. Yeah, same as well. Um, I was just thinking back um, to the last time they won. Wasn't that like a Adam Hawaska uh, I'm, I, hopefully I'm getting his name right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. It was, yeah. Was, was that 06? Yeah. 06 was the, the Horner, Haluska, Bruner, Hanson. I want to say Doug Thomas was on that team. Um, Alex Thompson was on that team. Yeah. That was a fun team to watch. And unfortunately ran into a, a North Northwestern state team that knocked him off. That's what can happen uh, in an NCAA tournament. And Iowa, I believe, what was Iowa three seed? I have to go back and look. I think they were three they were. seed. I, rem- I remember that game uh, vividly. Unfortunately, um, yeah, yeah, well, they, that was they, a last last second three pointer to knock them off. Uh, yeah, after that tournament win, yeah, right. But I, you know, I will say, and as far as uh, this team goes, it, what what a inspired team. I mean, they, they fight back. I, I have been uh, v- very critical of um, Jordan Bohannon this whole season, but you know when the his back's against the wall, he steps up, and it's been a, a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely, and he's given max effort on the defensive end all year, Jared. And that's one thing I've been on a bit on uh, Jordan Bohannon for in the past, as I felt like at times he hasn't given max effort. And I would say for the majority of this year, he has given. Max effort. And by the way, I just want to address this. So, Doug, 84 is a season average. I'm looking at conference play. Iowa had a really, really weak non-conference schedule, as we know. So when you have 100-plus scoring game against, games against the likes of you know, Central Michigan and Portland State, it's going to completely shift that season average. So look at conference-only stats. That's a better indication of what Iowa will face once you get past at least the first round of maybe the first round of the NCAA tournament, those are the numbers. They're not averaging 84 in the conference. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah. And not, not too much to say tonight. Just, just um, ecstatic about the win. Uh, really, really powerful for uh, the Hawkeye franchise. I think um, the Fran fade, the, um, the, uh, the Fran McCaffrey struggles at the end of the season are kind of being, um, retributed here so I'm, I'm excited for the team I'm, I'm i'm stoked for tomorrow and um you know just uh, just a wonderful win so thanks and a lot Corey. uh jared and we'll talk next time can thank i ask you. you a question yeah go ahead you brought up the uh 
the uh, Adam Woodbury thing on on uh, uh, yes, I vi- did. video from yesterday. Now you are a Wisconsin fan as well, correct? I'm I'm a Wisconsin alumni. Yeah. Now I, I'm um, curious. I, Iowa, I, so. I listen. You and I disagree on this, but I want to know why why you compared Adam Woodbury to Brad Davison specifically. Okay, no, that's a fair question. I, I would say because there there was um, before Brad Davison was a player, Adam Woodbury was being accused of similar type of dirty fouls and dirty plays, um, and and that was somewhat forgiven. And then he, I don't think he went down as a dirty player. But you've kind of castigated him as a, or a Brad Davison rather, as a, as a, 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 a punk and, and a, a thug. And I, uh-huh. I don't agree with that entirely. Okay. I, I can see why you think that way in certain ways. But he just he's an undersized guy who plays for the Badgers, which isn't like a powerhouse in, in general. And he uh, does what he has to do to um, get his team to win. So, you know, I just disagree with you on that a little bit, but it's not a big deal. But yeah, I, no, I, the, animal, the animal bear thing crossed my mind. I have no problem with you having a different opinion. That's what makes this show great because people can call in and have different opinions. And I appreciate you voicing yours. Here's what I'll say, and and then we can we can just drop the subject. Um, Adam Woodbury was accused of being dirty because of two specific incidents that happened, and those were he poked somebody in the eye, and then he poked somebody in the eye again. And one of them was against Wisconsin, and you had Dan Dockich running his mouth. I'm not saying I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that those were unintentional, but you watch those plays back, and I, I'm not convinced they were intentional. Um, I know Adam Woodbury, know his, uh, no, don't know his family real well, but ha- have talked to Adam in the past. I, I just I can't imagine, and I know Brad Davison is respected amongst a lot of Badger fans. He's involved in volunteer work. I get it. I've heard a lot of good things about Brad Davison off the off the court. But I think it's easy to look at, at Adam Woodbury's incidents and say, you know, given the kid's character, it's likely those were unintentional. You can't say with 100% certainty. What I see, what I've seen from Brad Davison, you know, uh, the crotch shot to Connor McCaffrey, the trying to trip a player, the hook and holds. To me, it's just such a pattern as opposed to Adam Woodbury, where it happened twice. And that's why people started to get up in arms about it because one time they didn't think anything of it, but twice they, they got up in arms about it. I just see too much of a pattern of behavior with Brad Davis. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to be a homer cause I'm a Badger yeah, fan I, as well as a Hawkeye fan, but I understand. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I don't mind scrappy players. I think they're just fighting hard. And oftentimes for teams like Iowa, or Wisconsin, they you know, need those type of guys to push them over the hump. So, right. um, no, I, I respect yeah. your I respect your opinion. There's no question he's helped that team. I mean, he's he's a skilled guy. I mean, I don't think he's going to play in the NBA. Um, I, I just you know, and a lot of that has happened against Iowa, and that's the other part of it. But uh, you know, I, I can see where where people uh, would say that that you know, if if he's on your team, you love him. I, I like I said, I didn't like the comparison, but at the same time, um, I understand Badger fans sticking up for the guy because he's helped them win a lot of games and win a couple Big Ten championships. Yeah, I, I would say outside of um, Bohannon, he's like the second most um, tenured player in the Big Ten history. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's got to be close. Yeah. Both no, those guys well, have been just around settle, for ages. Yeah, Jess Settles can can also be in the conversation, but you're right. Um, <laughs> settles, yeah. Yeah, Brad and, Brad and Jordan are the uh, old guys in the Big Ten. There's no question about it. Awesome. Well, thank, thanks a lot, Corey. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's game. Looking forward to your uh, coverage afterwards. And um uh, Keep it up. Uh, Appreciate it, off. Jared. Thank you. Let's get a win tomorrow. Appreciate the call. And uh, no, I I respect someone else's opinion on it. I've been very outspoken about Brad Davison because I I feel that 
that the Big Ten and, and Wisconsin has not done, they have not done enough. Um, that's just my thoughts. Call line is open, 515-635-1601. Jack brings it up. Purdue has pulled it out, 75-70. So it's the Boilers versus the Hawks tomorrow. Let's get to our next call. We're about uh, two and a half hours into this thing. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, uh, you got the other Jared here. What's up, Corey? Jared the actor and the Jared the non-actor. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's uh, it's going quite well. Yeah, what have you been doing no, the last I just two wanted hours? To... What? Been, Sorry. Have you... What have you been doing the last two hours? Have you been, you know, bathing? Well, in... I celebrated. I celebrated a little bit, and um, then I went to the gym, and I lifted, and that's about it. You didn't, like, streak the neighborhood or anything like that, right? You didn't get the No, not, not really. Not really. Okay. What would uh, you think of the Hawks? Well, you know, Jordan Bohan's getting a lot of credit, as he should. We're talking about him a lot, but... I don't think Iowa really stood a chance if Keegan Murray didn't just hit shot after shot in the first half. Like he hit, well, he was eight of 10, by the way, from three point range. So it kind of scares me how good he's playing because I'm like, I want him next year because this Iowa team could be really good again, but he he might be going to the NBA. But uh, Keegan was pretty much the reason they won. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, like I said, I went like two hours into the show and I didn't realize that Keegan had made eight threes. I mean, yeah, you know, what yeah. Jordan Bohannon did was tremendous and we're ooing and eyeing over right, his ten right. threes at Maryland. He stepped up at the right time, but if Keegan doesn't hit those in the first half, I mean, maybe they do get it back in the game some other way, but he stepped up and he took shots and he made them. Well, eight, eight of ten. I mean... We we would not yeah, over that's Jordan ridiculous. Bohannon hitting ten against Maryland Which, on the road, and here Keegan Murray just made eight on ten attempts in a tournament setting for a spot in the Big Ten title game. No, it's uh it's unprecedented what he did. And I think it really shows that he is. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I think he's better than Luca Garza because Luca really had one one. You know, he had the post offense right, and he was great at that. But if he was getting locked down, which he could step out and hit the three, but he was nowhere near as athletic as Keegan. And they took away his inside game, but then he just stepped out. So he's he's more versatile, I'll say. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. And I just want to say this to the couple of people, and you know who you are in our chat. Please do not get – don't start name-calling in the chat. seems like the longer we do these shows, the more uh, – tension i don't know why are we fighting these this is a good day let's not be calling each other morons or uh let's not tell each other to uh um go away um you know this is a this is a safe place here all right this is a safe place jared you you, you're safe here okay that's good to hear so um Um, uh, well i just want one other thing one other thing i think Two really unsung heroes for the Hawks this year, Joe Toussaint and Philip Robracha. And Philip Robracha has just fought and fought and fought. And he scored a lot of points at North Dakota State. And he really, I mean, he averages like six points. He doesn't score a lot. But he, because he is playing out of position, he's a little undersized for a five in the Big Ten. And he's just fighting and he, trying to work on the glass and doing whatever he can do. And I think he really enjoys playing on this team, even if he's not getting a lot of points. And, and then you got Toussaint, re- who's barely scoring, but, and he only had one assist today, 
I think that was that was to Sanford uh, for his corner three. It was a really good assist. Uh, but he had two steals that were pretty key, too. And he, too, is just – I think he really likes playing on this team. And I don't think he's going to transfer. I know a lot of people have been saying things like Joe Toussaint's going to transfer. But Bohan's going to be gone. He's going to get minutes at the point. I, I think he's here to stay. Well – it, I, I think the, the reason why people may assume that is because not only is Ulysses has ascended, although he's for some reason not playing right now, uh, but you got to remember too, Desante Bowen is coming in next year, a pretty highly touted kid um, yeah. at the point guard position. So I don't know what'll happen there. That's true. I, but I think you can never have too many weapons, but um, no, I agree. I, I, hope, I hope he stays. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, uh, I'm I'm a little nervous about Purdue. I don't know, like I I feel okay if they lose because I don't feel like they're really going to get to that five seed line either way. I don't know. Maybe if they win, they will move up. But well, it's, it's going to be a tough one. So even if they lose, I'm still going to walk away feeling pretty good about this tournament, given that they made it to that game. But of course, we're going to root for them. So we'll just J- see what happens. Jared, you saw my bracket on Wednesday. You did you have Iowa over Purdue? I did not. I had Purdue over Iowa, but oh. up until now. I know you're perfect except for the Illinois yep. or Indiana oh. over Illinois. I'm 11 and 1. So uh, I hope I'm wrong tomorrow. I hope I end up 11 and 2. I'll take 11 and 2 in an Iowa championship any day. All right. Let's go for it. All right, Jared. Appreciate the call. Call anytime. All righty. Bye. Thank you, sir. Good call. Good calls all day here. And um, I just got word that you're going to like this, folks. I'm going to start spreading the word on this right after we're done here. Special guest for tomorrow's show following the Big Ten Championship game, Coach Gary Close and former Hawkeye Kent McCausland. Former Hawkeye Kent McCausland going to join the show tomorrow. Let's take our next call. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Corey Lomansky, I'll make it quick. Yes. How are you, Lomansky? I don't think I don't think you realize in the first half that everybody except Keegan Murray was three for thirteen from the field. Um, and my second and my second point, and then I'll shut up, okay. is that my uh, my chat to go away was he called Adam Woodbury said it Adam Woodbury sucked and I probably used different language but uh, I gotcha. I'm not gonna let anybody attack a student athlete like that on a chat I maybe I should but uh, yeah but no I, I I understand where you're coming from and um, no Adam Woodbury did not suck yeah if we're just being unbiased Adam Woodbury was probably the best big a defensive big that Fran McCaffrey has had here. And I don't think it's all that close, but he got a lot of flack and uh, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. And I, I apologize. I should have, I should have uh, typed in something a little tamer and more specific and just been simpler. But uh, the it's other okay. thing is that, you know, when you're a big player and, and, you know, there's, there's uh, a Goule is, is just a young, big player. Even, even Patrick, you know, grew grew so much when he was younger. It takes a while for those bigs that are above six eight. That's what's so incredible about the Murray brothers, how coordinated they are. But they weren't, you know, they just unusual athletes like their father. But when you're a big, like look what Luca Garza had to go through to be coordinated. Nobody trained like him. I mean, I just people have to be kind to a big in the Big Ten 
and even Iowa when they're young players. It takes a while, and I'll hang up and let you comment. Appreciate it, Lemansky. Yeah, and and Skyler, I see your comment here that I don't agree with you at all. Um, but you know, you have a right to your opinion. You didn't like Adam Woodbury. Um, Adam Woodbury, like I said, from what I know about Adam, and I've met Adam, really nice guy. I, I just, you know, I think he was underappreciated here as well. Um, and I think big men sometimes get uh, too much is expected of them. I think Rebracha is experiencing that. People expect Rebracha to do more than maybe he is meant to do here. And Adam Woodbury was not a scoring uh, big man. He's had a, you, know, you can say you laugh at G League. He's been in the G League a long, long time. And, um, you know, he's not a great offensive player, not a great shooter, but uh, I, I really think that a guy like Woodbury would really help on a team like this. Um, now you may laugh at that, but I think having Woodbury against a guy, can you imagine Adam Woodbury guarding Trace Jackson Davis? Trace Jackson Davis ain't getting no 31. All right. He ain't getting no 31 today on whatever he was um, 15 to 21 shooting. That ain't happened with Adam Woodbury in the game. So I'll, I'll say that. I mean, you know, everybody has a right to their own opinion. And Rick, I respect your opinion on, on Iowa. Uh, and I'm, maybe we're not in as big a disagreement as maybe we, I thought we were. Um, but you're right, Rick. Uh, two of the lower defensive teams in the title game tomorrow. And so that would tell you that it's going to be high scoring. But um, there, there's no question that uh, um, Iowa's going to have to play better defense and a uh, very athletic team. And remember, last time Iowa played them, they did have Keegan Murray by the time before that in West Lafayette. No Keegan Murray due to an injury. So uh, we'll see who matches up against Keegan. I'll be anxious to see because Keegan's playing on another level right now. And this is a, a good point to remember. Aaron brings it up. The Iowa turnaround started with Adam Woodbury and Mike Gasell. And we got to appreciate that class because Woodbury, Gasell, Clemens really did a lot um, and um, to, to help turn this program around. And, I mean, some great success in the tournament. Jermaine brings up the NCAA tournament buzzer beater. That's uh, That was uh, absolutely a, a great memory. That's one of the better memories, right? I mean, to have a buzzer beater, I don't care if it's a tip-in or not, to win a tournament game, that's a great memory. Um, and Rick, you said it's your first time on the podcast. Well, I appreciate you being here. Did not realize this was your first time, but thank you for being here. Appreciate you interacting today. Please come back, subscribe, and come back if you can. Cooper, just have a weird feeling Chris is going to drop 25. Chris played pretty well, if, if I recall each of the first two times against Purdue. All right. Um, let me let me pull up Iowa's schedule just so we now that we know who Iowa's playing tomorrow, um, I can tell you the numbers from last time. So Iowa played Purdue in Carver, uh, excuse me, in West Lafayette back on December 3rd. December 3rd. Think about that. Patrick had 15 points. Chris Murray, 12 points. Tony Perkins, 14 points. That was really his coming out party. And then, you know, really came on later in the year. Um, defensively, let's look at the the, the uh, team stats here. Purdue shot 42% from the field, 42% from three. Iowa shot uh, 40% from the field, 24% from three. And yet they were in this game, got out-rebounded 42 to 30. That's going to be a problem tomorrow. And yet they were in the game late. It was 77-70, the final. And then, of course, in the other game against Purdue in Carver, Purdue, Purdue built a significant lead. Iowa came back, made it a game. Um, and Zach Eady only played 15 minutes in that game. Um, Iowa, uh, 14 points from Keegan, nine boards. So kind of an off day for Keegan. So Keegan has not had a big game against Purdue this year because he didn't play in the first game. 
Patrick had 11 points, four boards in that game. Chris Murray, 23 points in that second meeting against Purdue. Five rebounds for the younger of the two Murray brothers. And Purdue shot 61% in that game. I remember talking with Coach Close following that game, uh, how good offensively, uh, how equipped Purdue was for dynamic offensive performances down the stretch of the season because they have so many athletes, so many shooters. Stefanovic has been there forever. Jaden Ivey's an athletic freak. They got size. They got girth. They've got it all. They just don't play defense consistently. I still think this is a top four team in the country if they can play good defense, but that's been questionable. Iowa shot just 38% from the field in that game. Purdue 59% from three. I hope Iowa looks at tape from that game tonight um, and certainly the Indiana game from today. Not sure how the, the tape viewing works in a tournament setting like this. That would have been a question for Coach Close, but uh, they'll have their hands full against a very talented, maybe the best offense in the country in Purdue. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? This is Aaron Swan. Uh, been pretty vocal in the chat today. Uh, yeah. I think what we what we have to remember going back to the pre-Fran McCaffrey years is what what did we have going for us as a team before he came? And I think what we need to remember is that when Adam Woodbury and Mike Cassell chose to come to Iowa, you know, I think that really, like I've been saying all along, is that it turned this program in, in the right direction to become who they are now. They are a consistent tournament team. Uh, you know, they can't be, you know, counted out at any uh, point in the season. You know, we've had two NIT seasons, uh, and the rest have been tournament, tournament teams. So right. I, I think, you know, this team has the potential next year to be at the top of the Big Ten, maybe not win the Big Ten, but probably a top three team if the right pieces come back. Keegan, not going to come back. Uh, I, I believe he is a lottery pick. He's just shown that to be, you know, who he is. He can take over a game at any point. Um, but in my estimation, we have some great players coming in. Recruiting is on the, on the rise. Uh, and so I think, you know, this team has the sky's the limit for this team going forward from here on out. Uh, I agree. It just depends thing, on who we go, where, where we go in the tournament. Aaron, let me play. just correct. Let me just correct you on one thing. They did have the year uh-huh. um, during Bohannon's sophomore year where they missed out on the NIT as well. Right. That was right. Uh, okay. But you're, I have you're, a mistake on that. I, you're right on basically everything else. And, um, and I see somebody brought this up in the chat. What about marble? No, marble was a, a big factor in the turnaround, but marble was committed to Licklider's team. Woodbury and Gasell, those right. were the he first guys that, that, yeah, that Fran brought in. And, and Matt Gatons has to be credited. And Eric May should be credited. Jared Cole was on that first team. No, all those guys played a role. Right. No, Adam Woodbury and Mike Gasell's value to this program and this turnaround is very much underappreciated. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, yes, the the controversy behind Woodbury and, you know, trying to compare him to Brad Davidson, you know, is – Night and day, you know, I mean, Davidson is constantly in, in the media's eyes, constantly a, a foul problem. He's been considered a dirty player. Um, is he a dirty player? I guess it just depends on if you're, a, you know, a Badger fan or not. Right. But, I mean, he, he fouls hard when he fouls. He gets a lot of, you know, dirty plays, you could call them, called against him a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, comparing him to Adam Woodbury and – and the Dan Dockett's commentary of, of the eye poking, it's just, it's not the same, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, if it was every game, 
you know, everybody's complaining about Woodbury in those games, eye poking. He was six, or he was seven foot tall. I mean, he was very long, you know, but yeah, I, I, I agree. And to me, I watched those back and I thought it was ridiculous that we're assuming that they were intentional. It was an odd coincidence, but that, that is what's what you call a coincidence, right? Um, right. And it's not a, it's not a big coincidence. It's a, a you know, I think of uh, the episode of Seinfeld with, uh, Elaine editing that Java's book and uh, they were talking about Jerry's little statue disappearing from his his apartment. Now, if you've never seen this Mm -hmm. episode, you'll not know what I'm talking about. But uh, I remember Elaine arguing with with uh, with Java about a coincidence. That's what a coincidence is. There are no big coincidences or small coincidences. There are just coincidences. And I would say that about Adam Woodbury. Exactly. If, If it happened three or four times, I get it. But it happened twice. Right. And like I said, I just I I cannot believe that Adam Woodbury would do that intentionally. Of all the dirty things to do, why would you poke a guy in his eye out on the three point line? I mean, right. I just and can we, can any of us you know does any of us remember who who we were playing when those when those happened? Well, I mean, I know who the Wisconsin. commentator was. One of, of them was Wisconsin. One of the games was it Wisconsin that that, that happened against? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I want to say Frank Kaminsky may have gotten. Uh, May have gotten was pulled. that the year that was that, wasn't that the year that he was named Player of the Year, the might National Player of the Year? Yeah, it might have been. In fact, Coach Close may have been on that staff. I'd have to I, I got to look back at the the years. Ask him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Somebody bring it up in the chat tomorrow if you would, uh, Aaron, because uh, yeah, yeah that that would be an interesting conversation to have with with Gary. Right, but I mean, you have to get his thoughts on it because I mean, if he was on that staff, does he think it, that Woodbury was a bad player or a dirty player? Excuse me. And, sure. you know, were those intentional eye pokes? I mean, from one of them, an I adversarial was, point of view, I think you know, one, of them was, one of them was Nigel Hayes. Maybe it wasn't. Nigel Hayes, yeah. One of them was Nigel Hayes that he poked. But yeah. I do. Yeah, I remember that now. And then, yep. I mean, and Woodbury kind of got drugged through it in the national media with, you know, with that, that incident. So, I mean. Absolutely. But it didn't happen, you know, on a consistent enough basis, like what we see with Brad Davidson being, you know, constantly looked at right i mean and then you have that guy from duke you know he he's not really you know a queen grayson player allen. either not nope. this year but in years past uh, i can't remember his name grayson <laughs> allen but yeah yeah so yep. grayson allen yep he's nope. done the same in the nba too so i mean then that's what you call consistent consistently being a dirty player quote unquote i agree so. with you all right all right aaron appreciate Thank the call phone buddy Yep. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Gonna, I think, end things there. This has been fun. Almost three hours. The longest basketball show I've done um, all season. Jermaine, who do you think the officials will be for tomorrow's game? Would not be surprised to see Bo Borowski because I think he is sort of considered by the Big Ten to be the best official. Whether you agree with that or not, my guess is you're going to get him in there. I could be wrong on that. Hopefully it's not what's-his-face that that uh, did the first Rutgers game and uh, – I can't remember his name. I bet you it's not going to be him. I, I'm at a loss for his name right now. Um, but uh, absolutely, uh, that it's going to be an absolute, tre- uh, just a uh, absolute treasure, um, a treat. That's the word I'm looking for, a treat to be able to watch Iowa play for a Big Ten championship tomorrow. So, Iowa-Purdue in the Big Ten championship game Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Selection show immediately to follow. I'll be live for the postgame show 
and I'll be live for the selection show. So we'll have to see what I'll have to figure out how to do this because the post game show will actually be during the selection show. So we're going to have uh, Kent McCausland on live. So it's going to be a fun show. I hope lots of people join us for the show tomorrow. But again, Iowa Purdue, 2.30 p.m. Central Time, Sunday. Courtney Green, that's the guy. Thank you, Jermaine. Thank you, Connie. Courtney Green, hopefully don't get him tomorrow. Probably not at the top of the Big Ten's list. Um, but uh, Skyler, you're just fine. No no problem. I know you're just giving people grief, but let's just keep it clean, everybody. So but appreciate you being here as always, Skyler. And everyone else who's uh, taking the time, we will talk to you tomorrow following what we hope to be an Iowa Big Ten Tournament Championship. How great will that be? Thanks, folks. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow.